All right, welcome everybody to episode 92 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Um, we had a little break in our sequence. Normally I'm here every two weeks. We had to take a little week off because life is life. And uh, Bill had a wonderful vacation, which I'm sure we'll hear more about in just a moment. But uh, I want to start off by talking about some some things that are going on in our lives. I'm going to throw it over to Kelsey first. What's, uh, what's new in the Great White North? I finally finished my JRPG book I've been reading the last few weeks. Very good. So that was very informative, very cool, and it's a lot of games I've had on my radar for years that I'm I'm, I'm kind of pushed towards checking out now. Um, for example, I just finished, since last time we spoke, uh, the first Star Ocean game. Uh, I played through the PSP remake. How and was that? Because I was curious. I, I, I did not like the Super Famicom star ocean it was fine it, it wasn't amazing uh i really like the the sci-fi aspect kind of blended with the fantasy stuff uh that's really cool um but like all the side quests were pretty shallow um the combat was was mostly good my only complaint was at the end that the healer's kind of an idiot so because it's real-time fighting, uh, I just switched to my healer, and so I didn't actually see the last boss go down because I'm just watching health bars with my healer in the corner away from him so that I can fill them, and the party just did their thing. So it was a weird final battle. Um, it was only about 20 hours, though, which, you know, that's a, a good length for a game because uh, I didn't do a bunch of the side questing, and I think I probably missed, like, a couple recruitable characters or something, but uh, it was good. I'm glad I played it. I think I'm going to try Tactics Ogre on the PSP next, that remake. Because I've never played an Ogre Battle or Tactics Ogre game. So do you? are you actually playing that on the PSP? Yes. or Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. on that little screen, not hooked up to a TV or anything? Right. Yeah, because I can bring it to work and play it on downtime. So it just comes with me. And if, if I uh, wake up early and I've got some time, I just you know throw half an hour to an hour into there and, and uh, chip away at those. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I also had to revisit some NES games. Uh, I thought I was done the library, but I've been, you know, trying to do my due diligence and double check like everything. And it was pointed out to me that I should have done a second loop on Rally Bike, which I only did the first loop because, you know, I had no reason to believe at the time when I did it six or seven years ago that anything happened different for multiple loops. But there is like a, a cutoff. If you do second loop, and they actually call the the tenth race uh, the final race, so they they intended for you to get there. It seems like uh, Lunar Pool was another weird one that I overlooked uh, because when you play that one, uh, you just you know you do your weird level, and then if you lose, uh, there's like a level select. So if you die on level seven, you just pick level seven, try it again, beat it, boom, now I'm on level eight. And you can do that on a lot of games like like Load Runner and Wrecking Crew and stuff. You just you know pick the level you ended on. But what I didn't know was on Lunar Pool, if you can do all sixty stages with no continues, uh, you do get a credit roll. So that was actually a pretty tough one. It took me a few days to to get used to it and figure out how to bank up enough uh, extra balls to like get through some of the tougher stages. But I was able to do that one, which was cool. Uh, and then someone just on my YouTube channel that I've never talked to before uh, pointed out, like, hey, uh, you didn't loop this game like you were supposed to on Seacross. Which I went and watched. I'm like, yeah, like you're supposed to get to level six. I got to level four and threw the video up. And I, 
like it was so long ago i don't know what was going through my head that i thought i was done but i thought i was done and i obviously wasn't so i went back and redid that one and then a few more that i just somehow lost the videos for and didn't get uploaded uh so i did wcw wrestling snake's revenge and knight rider and then just today it's been pointed out to me there's two more that i have to revisit so i'll be going back and doing a couple more in the next couple weeks and hopefully those are the last two so what to now do you have to do uh, Legend of Zelda. I, I'm going to do the second quest because there is a slightly different end screen after it. Uh, and Mylon's Secret Castle, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to have to go through again. I'm not I was just about to say, before you said those, I was just about to say, well, at least it doesn't sound like any of these are, <laughs> you know... Yeah. You came in with Mylon. So what, what, what was the deal with Mylon the yeah. first time through? Uh, there's a second loop. If you do the second loop, there is an actual end screen on it. So... I'm gonna have to play it twice. At least it's not Deadly Towers. I yes, mean. I am. There's there's a handful of games that I'm very thankful it's not. I almost thought I had to redo Starship Hector, and that game oh, that's is that hard, brutal. Yeah, so that's hard. I I don't have to redo that one, so I'm very thankful for that. All right, so you got you got people that are holding your feet to the fire here. I've... Well, it's mostly just me, and then everyone's like, I found out today too that Snow Bros has a, a good ending, and that I. I like blew my mind i didn't know that uh, if you beat that game without using a continue uh you get a very different ending than if you just beat it so now you have to do that one too huh i don't have to because I, I i got an ending and i oh, played okay. all the levels so i might just do it for fun though because i like that game so like when you beat bubble bopple did you not have to get the true ending uh no like i i'm going to because you can you can do it by yourself if you have a second controller um you can actually get through the stage like 98 where you have to get the orb uh if you're really quick you can grab it with one player and then just when you're at the last boss you know push start in the second controller before you deal the last hit bravo all right i know it's that one's a a popular one sometimes when some of the guys get together like our list two player bubble bobble yeah um so after those i wanted something like more relaxing uh so there's a guy that i follow named jared petty uh he's you know he's been with ign and kind of funny and a few other things i think he's a limited run right now actually uh and he has talked very highly of this game called to the moon which i was very unfamiliar with but last year limited run uh put it out so i was like i'll grab this and grab a couple of things so i threw that in last night and it's probably three four hours not very long very story driven uh it is about you play two scientists who run a they're they're part of a business that um can go into people's minds and implant memories and because there's some ethical concerns there they're only allowed to do it with uh terminal patients they're on their deathbed you can go in like make their last wishes come true kind of thing before they pass so you go into this old man's house and learn a little bit about him and then you go through his memories and you start like very recently and move your way backwards through time and so the most recent memory you're talking to him and he's like i need to go to the moon like that that is my dream like make that happen and usually when they they go to do this they're like i want to go to the moon because you know you know my dad was a you know big into astronomy or something like there's some reason why but he's like i don't know why but I need to go to the moon. So you're, you're trying to figure out that, that reason. And you find out 
he's got this really complicated relationship with his wife uh who's got uh, a mental disability that gets diagnosed early in their marriage but he kind of he has a hunch before that happens uh what's going on and so there's a lot of them dealing with that trauma and then you find out he's got another personal trauma that he didn't even remember prior to that and 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 that sounds very sad and, and it is a little melancholy at times but but man like happy ending and like the, the relationship between him and his wife was was very beautiful and the music in the game was wonderful it was just really really pleasant i'm really glad i i played that to to take a break from lunar pool yeah that's one that i've actually played through to completion oh really um, it was it was it's on it's on steam um and i had it as part of some you know some sale or some bundle or some while ago and i remember just hearing really really good things about it and same things it was beautiful the music's great and it was at a time when i was trying to branch out and like you know play more stuff and i remember i played it, it was a few years ago but i played through the whole thing like you said it was probably like yeah, you know, it's been around for like a decade yeah. yeah yeah it's been out for a while so two or three setting sittings and i remember uh, hearing it was story heavy and that the music was really good and not only is the music really good, the music's really important in what's driving the story. Yeah. Um, and there's this like one piece that kind of like repeats, the, the, like a theme kind of repeats throughout. I, I started learning that on the piano today. Oh yeah. yeah. So I like. At, so again, like I haven't played the game in ages, but like I remember that like, da, 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 like I can hear that yeah. piece like in my head still. So uh, yeah, that's really cool that you made it through that. That's a that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you know five years ago I I would have hated but i've yeah. i've kind of grown to enjoy these kind of uh stories now so really really like and it's it. kind of got like a 16-bit you know like uh uh like uh, like rpg kind of like look and feel to yeah it too with, with some uh so the art style i'm sure was uh was was right up your alley yeah definitely definitely um and lastly uh one of our patrons engineer mike uh came over a few days ago and he brought cruise and blast for the switch uh, which was hilarious. It was it was a really fun night. Uh, just trying to unlock these uh, courses and cars with them because we unlocked like uh, a unicorn, uh, triceratops, uh, shark, and and then like you know fire trucks and UFOs and like all sorts of weird vehicles. And the levels are just wacky and bizarre. And it was super fun arcade style racing. And who put who made that one? Um. I don't know off the top of my head. It feels like something Sega-ish would be my guess, but I'm not actually sure if it was them. It used to be Midway did cruising games. I just wonder right. who, who bought them up and who took that over. I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't pay close enough attention, but it feels very much like the old ones. Uh, they really lean into the wackiness, and they had uh, we were able to play like the, the tour mode uh, cooperative, which was awesome. I really enjoyed those games, and I only ever really played them in the arcade. I know they were big on the 64, uh, like a b- bunch of different versions, of USA World mm-hmm. and everything. But I played a bunch of those. I don't think ones, I've yeah. ever played a home version. I think I only ever played it in the arcade. So my favorite thing about this one is they've got these keys you can find in the stages that you have to like just run them over to pick them up. So there's three in every single stage, uh, and those are what open up some of the unlockable vehicles. So it was fun to just replay stages and, you know, have one of us like hunting for keys and the other one trying to get a first place. And yeah, it was really, really good co-op. Very cool. Does that mean we're about due for a new Rush game sometime soon? Well, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. mind. There we go, right? I'm yeah, sure they that... could do like Las Vegas Rush or something. <laughs> yeah. 
They've had to have done that at some point. Yeah. I don't think so. You, I don't think so thinking, either, I mean, but like, it just seems and, so and, obvious. And the thing is, like, I feel like I was thinking about this, like, because when we when we take the kids to like, uh, you know, like the ice rink or like whatever, like there, there's still like arcade racing games out there. And that and the difference is there used to be like arcade racing games and they would make it to some sort of home console at some point. Right. And now, like the arcade racers do not. Yeah, they try and anything. make them. They're, so that's the only place you can play them. Right. So yeah. there's like a billion versions of like, you know, like Tokyo Drift or like, you know, like uh, the the. The, the snow skier you know like type things like in the mario kart one so like it's interesting to go there and see all these like you know like wacky wild big you know like, do you, over did the you see the one where you get to drive the batmobile it's pretty sweet no i didn't see that our, our movie theater has one it's awesome Ooh, we'll have to find one yeah i always feel like now yeah they have to be very specialized so they have to be like either a big racer or like a light gun thing now that light guns really aren't a thing anymore yeah, or you know and the like light that. gun ones are crazy now they're like gatling gun that you're like pointing yeah. at the tv it's wild I, I i always thought that uh arcades would come back with um uh vr because the VR experience isn't like one of those ubiquitous. Like everyone's got an Xbox or a Switch or like some sort of video game system at home, but like it's not universal that someone's got like a some VR thing at the house. Um, obviously, I think uh, you know the pandemic has slowed the you know people leaving their house and putting things like on their <laughs> head. But I I always thought like if arcades were gonna come back, if people were gonna go someplace to experience a game. It would be like that, where like you couldn't do uh, it anywhere else. At least up here, it's like that because we have not have had an arcade since I lived here. If you don't count the uh, the movie theater's little crappy one, uh, but in the last four years, we've had three VR places pop up and, and survive oh, for the whole time. We have one in our mall, um, and I think I think it's been going the whole time. But it's not like like you know back when we were growing up, and like it would the arcade was just flooded with people, yeah. you know. I think the problem with VR is that it's not social, right? You're closing yourself off, and that's yeah. the reason why the arcades were big, because you went with your friends, you went with your buddies, everybody played the games together, well, and VR just isn't that. It, it is, uh, in some cases. I took, like, I took my son there for his birthday with his friends, not this year, but last year, and some of the stuff, like they've got a, a big room where everybody puts haptic vests on, and then their VR... And so if you get hit in the back, like it buzzes, like they're throwing snowballs at each other and they're like weird snowmen. Yeah. And so they got to turn around and find who's thrown it at them. And so then Disney's got one of those too, where like, you're like a team and like, you're like moving through a physical space. Yeah. Right. So, and there's like a, there's like a track above you. So like you're tethered onto this thing. And like, so this way, like you can't like walk into walls or like anything like that, but it's like, and it's almost like a little mini warehouse and you're seeing like a Star Wars set and stormtroopers shooting at you, and like your chest is buzzing, but you're physically moving through this space with like a VR headset on. Like that's it's there's there's some cool options out there. Yeah, that seems like a waste of time because stormtroopers never hit anything anyway. So why you know? We made it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear Obi Wan? Like nothing could take down that sandcrawler with that kind of precision, other than an Imperial stormtrooper. Yeah, only only Imperial troopers are so precise. <laughs> Must have been shooting at something else and hit it by accident. I guess. <laughs> I love that's one of the funniest lines in the uh, in Mando when uh, 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 Bill Burr's character. I can't remember what the character's name is, but when he's like, he's, he's oh yeah, like he used to like he used to be in the Empire and like he's like got a gun on Mando and he's like, 
Uh, I'm probably pretty safe then. <laughs> and he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, jerk. <laughs> Very cool. So, anything else, Kelsey? That's, that's everything in your uh, neck no, of the woods? That's, that's about me. That should do it for me. All right. Well, how about you, Bill? What's up? So, yeah, like you said, I uh, was down in Florida. We had a, a trip down to Disney planned. Uh, we planned it last year, months ago, when we figured, okay, like, you know, if everything kind of follows the same trajectory it's on now, everything should be kind of calming down. And so I had no idea there was going to be like a little bit of a spike and, you know, things would be the way they were. Um, I think I mentioned on the last show that we ended up uh, uh, getting some uh, some people sick in our house like a few weeks before we went away. So unfortunately we had a few people get sick but fortunately um and hopefully since we're all like vaxxed and boosted it wasn't that uh, uh intense and we there's very very little chance we would get anything again because we have the antibodies now like right when we're going to florida so it was kind of like the perfect time to get it if we had to get it so yeah everything everything was great we uh, uh got down there our flight was delayed it was it was a little tenuous for a little bit because there's three flights out of the airport to Florida a day. The one before ours was canceled. Um, so it was like nervous for a little bit. And then ours was delayed so they could get like crew to come in. First one was canceled because of crew. Second one delayed just to get crew. So, and they kept telling us, oh yeah, it's going to be, so oh, we're going to be leaving at 11. And then like 11 like comes and goes. And we're like, oh crap. So we see the crew arrive. It's a very small airport, so we see the crew arriving. They get on the plane. We get on the plane. So I'm like, okay, like we at least we took off. So it was a little bit, you know, like uh, 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 shaky early on. But yeah, we got down there. It was awesome. Um, we had been to uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge before. Um, this is the first time I went. I my parents got to see it. Um, they're not like quite as big, uh, you know, like Star Wars fans as as our family and, and the boys are, but they you know can certainly appreciate it. And uh, I went on Rise of the Resistance, which is like a super awesome, unique experience that uh, I was really, really glad to be there when they, you know, got to experience it the first time. And uh, uh, yeah, so it was just a great, great, great week at Disney. Um, had great weather. It was a little on the cool side, which we like. And I have some cousins who uh, who drove over and we hung out with them, so that was awesome. And for travel, we took the switches with us so the boys could have them to play on the plane. But we really wanted to, because we've made the mistake before of bringing games on vacations, and then the boys, like, rely on it, like, at all times. Like, I want to play right now. Where's your phone? Where's this? So we told them, we're like, the switches are for the airplane. So we used them on the plane. We used them on the bus, like, on the way to the resort. Then once we got to the resort, the switches went into the hotel safe, and they were not taken out until, like, the day that we left, which kind of... nice kept them engaged and uh you know we had the olympics on so they were asking questions like oh what are those people doing oh they're flying through the air you know like it just you know it and the thing is they'll complain for like a minute and then once they realize it's not an option they just look for something else to do so so yeah that that worked out great uh i tried to lead by example so i didn't play any games uh like when they were awake either which you know it's not why we're there I thought like, oh, maybe if I got a free minute here or there, I'll play like. Uh, uh, I brought Skyward Sword and Metroid Dread because um, I figured since you know I'll, oh, I'll just can I butt in stuff. really quick? Yeah, yeah. Say totally yeah. forgot. I played Metroid Dread today for the first time. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, uh, I sat down with my son and we got about three to four hours into that one. 
So uh, did the did the easy mode launch? Because they announced it in the direct, right? I didn't update it, so I don't know. If it's oh right, right, yeah, yeah, no internet. Yep. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I started it on the on the, the uh, difficulty that it came with. I'm gonna try my best to stay with that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I didn't end up booting it up at all. I played a little Skyward Sword on the plane to and from, but other than that, didn't play anything while we were down there. And then uh, once we got back into town here, um, uh, uh, Bungie, actually, I think on the way back, like the day that we came back, Bungie released the Vidoc for the Witch Queen. Vidoc is just their weird internal word uh, they use to describe this like 15 minute. It's like an extended teaser trailer with like developer interviews, information, you know, uh, uh, just like an extended teaser with like a lot of info in it. And uh it, it did its job it got you know it's supposed to hype you for the new thing and it hyped me for the new thing so yeah. now destiny's back in rotation and i fired it up and i'm like okay like what haven't i done that i could just kind of do to you know get myself back in the groove before we get going so i picked a handful of events that i really enjoy uh playing and i uh, in the game they have um uh triumphs which uh, are just kind of you know things you can do it's it's separate from achievements it's things that like they give you like their own you know little kind of like a, a system of you know things that you can achieve and then you know get points for just for bragging rights and stuff like that and like you have a triumph score that you know displays in the game so you can look at someone and just kind of see overall you know like how much they've done so uh uh i got back with a couple of the clan guys i'm like all right we're gonna run strikes we're gonna do this i'm gonna go for the season title so I've actually been playing a bit of Destiny the just the last uh, you know three or four days, and I'm really, really, really excited. Uh, so Witch Queen is uh, ten days away. So I've got a work trip coming up uh, on Monday. I'm going to be away for five days. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I may end up playing like a little bit in the hotel just because there's nothing else to do uh, in the evenings. But uh, yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, ten days from now, I am fully fully expecting to be immersed into uh, back into the, the new campaign for at least like the first like couple of weeks and then I am just gonna try to pepper in other things because I've I've fallen into this loop before where I'll kind of you know start games and then you know get into something else and kind of leave them so I really want to I'm very 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 close to the end of Psychonauts 2 I Sweet. thought I was I thought I was at the final boss and I might be at the final boss but like no spoilers or anything like you 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 think that's it and like you think you're right there and then it's like okay in order to do this we need to do this and then you end up going so because every every like major level in the game is like a door into someone's mind and like you're inside that mind so even though like you think you're at the final boss like i we just put a door on this mind we went into it and there's you collect figments which are just these little you know kind of like like drawing looking things that uh, uh, that just you know they're kind of like a currency in the game and they're just collectibles and whenever you jump into a level you can kind of tell how big this level is because it tells you like how many total figments there are there so if it says like you've collected 0 of 60 it's like okay this is a relatively sh small little area if it says 0 of 310 you're like oh we're gonna be here for a while <laughs> So it's like a medium to biggish size level. So I was like, all right, this isn't a quick thing. Let's, and it was like, you know, late at night last time I kind of started. And also my oldest is asking me not to play it. He's like, okay, next time you play it, 
like I want to watch. No, he says, he said, can you play Psychonauts 2? I want to watch you beat the game. That's what it was. So I fired it up thinking I was at the final boss. And then we go in this other mine, and I was like, oh, dude, this isn't this isn't the end. This is going to be like another few hours at least. So let's go to bed, and we'll <laughs> we'll do this later. So I am still going to really, really try to finish up uh, Psychonauts 2 just so it doesn't kind of linger. Um, and uh, uh, I like the idea of having, you know, like something on each platform, like Destiny's if I'm down on the PC. Psychonauts is if I'm on the Xbox. And then after that's going to be Hades. If I'm on the PlayStation, it's Returnal. Um, and then on the Switch, I've got Metroid and Skyward, which kind of seems like a lot to juggle. But like, I I feel like if I can, you know, just have something on kind of wherever I happen to be, I can I can make it work. So well, um, let me know when you've dug into Dread, and then we can get into that one a bit. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's probably about it for gaming. Um, uh, just quick mention that uh, I saw the Oscar nominations uh, come out, like we do every year. So. That always adds a few movies to the uh, to the watch list and reminds me of movies that you know I've seen that I liked and or that I was meaning to see. So one of the ones that I had kind of knew of like just peripherally was uh, The Power of the Dog, which is available on Netflix. Like a, a lot of the nominations are available to stream, um, and that's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, one of my favorite actors, uh, Jesse Plemons. Um, uh, who's married to Kirsten Dunst, who's also in the film. And all three of them were nominated. Uh, Benedict, Jesse, oh, wow. and Kirsten were nominated for actor supporting and actress. Uh, this is a Western. I, It is a super, super, super slow burn. And I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing, because there's movies that are slow burns that I love. Blade Runner. This was this yeah yeah I mean there there, there I mean there's a I, I could go on there's a lot of slow burn movies that like I love all the detail and like if you look closely it's like ooh like they're building this up like it's it's not a bad thing on first watch this was like a slow burn that kind of like had me nodding a little bit so uh it, you know it might be just you know wrong frame of mind to be in it but uh, I nodded off a few times then when it was over my wife had to tell me what happened and I was like. Oh, that's, I was like, that's kind of cool. And she was like, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of weird. I don't know. So I might give it another try. But now that I know what happens, it might be interesting to watch and kind of see, you know, like how it unfolds. Uh, but if you like Westerns and you don't mind a slow burn, uh, Power of the Dog has a lot of good acting in it. Um, and just a quick thing to mention, uh, I went to book my touch-up appointment for my Weezer Owl tattoo and ended up making an appointment for another tattoo <laughs> so and we were trying we were going back and forth trying to figure you know i told him a whole bunch of themes that i'm into and see kind of like what ideas he has if we want to continue on this arm or if we want to start on the other because i do want both arms done eventually and uh you know we talked about skyrim and blade runner and star wars and like we talked about a lot of stuff he's really really accommodating which is awesome and uh he said well because first i said i re i'm really into star wars but I'm not sure if I would do like Star Wars in like this kind of style, like the same kind of style that the Owl's in, like that new school kind of like caricature-y cartoon, you know, style. Like I just don't know if I would, and I prefer like Star Wars ships to characters, you know, like the Falcon or the B-Wing or the X-Wing or the TIE or the Super Star Destroyer, you know, like I could go on all the ships I love. So he kind of came back and he was like, I really love new school Star Wars characters, but I totally get where you're coming from. Like, let's look at something else. So what ended up happening was we were, we were kind of like on a holding pattern. I was thinking about it and he 
got his like arm uh, redone. He's been like lasering it so he could get it redone for a while because he got like a tattoo he didn't love when he was younger. So he got his sleeve done, and it's awesome. And it's just kind of just ra all random stuff, but the style's really cool. I checked the artist that did his, and it's a friend of his, and he did a whole bunch of Star Wars tattoos in like this new school style. And I was like, oh man. Like, and it kind of turned me around, like, on Star Wars stuff in that style. So I was like, we kind of have some ideas rolling uh, for that. And I don't know if he did it on purpose, because uh, when you sometimes when you email him, it's his assistant that emails back. So uh, she was like, yeah, like, uh, 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 Kevin wants to know if you'd be free on uh, May the 4th. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I, I emailed back, and I was like, was, was that intentional? <laughs> like... Because if not, if, if this isn't fate telling us that we're supposed to do a Star Wars tattoo <laughs> on that day, so... And she and she emailed back, and she was like, uh, uh yeah, sure, that was totally <laughs> intentional. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's booked for May the 4th, so we got uh, got a few months to kind of nail down the design and the idea, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about where it's going to go, so, uh, so, yeah, happy to keep that going. Well, I'm excited to see that. I look forward to seeing your Sice Noodles tattoo uh when you, <laughs> when you get that yeah. done bobby yeah, frick just, right my 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 full back piece salacious crumb <laughs> <laughs> max rebo is making a yeah. comeback well, I, he's I, like here's a spoiler you might not max rebo might be dead <laughs> i could you know after porkins i kind of thought nothing could be worse <laughs> All right. Well, um, circling back around my way, the uh, I don't have to talk about gaming a whole lot because you know the story by now. Dark but... Souls two. No, I, yeah. I started that. One. I went back to three. The three is just the online community for two is pretty dead. So three is where it's at. So um, obviously everybody's gearing up for the big release. So the next time we talk and do a show, uh, I'll be deep in the Elden Ring. So. Uh, I read a thing, uh, obviously it's in another country because that's where they spend pounds, but I saw like a headline that was like pre-orders for Elgin Ring are like at 40 pounds, like, and it's like not even out yet. So I, I didn't know if you had seen that if pre-order prices had been dropping or if like they're trying to boost numbers or anything like that. Because I've, I've seen it happen a few times where like they just want more pre-orders. So like they'll, you know, they'll dip the number at certain retailers or something like that. Uh, no, I've not heard anything about price drops here. Um, that could just be maybe a currency conversion thing. What's uh, 40 pounds for you? It's like 50 bucks, 55? 50-something dollars. It'd probably be getting close to $60, so it wouldn't be way out of whack. Yeah, because it's 69 U.S. retail, right? Uh, no, I think it's 60. Oh, so it's 59. I, I think on PS5, I think it's 70 because it's the PS5 price now. Right. But I think the Xbox price is 60 for the standard they have a deluxe and of course the million other versions as well right, but right. i think 60 is probably the normal price point for that so yeah a little less than two weeks until that hits i'm going to take the 25th and the 28th off so i'm going to make it a four day weekend of Free elden you. ring good for uh, you. yeah you know what you're worth it <laughs> i haven't taken any time off in a very very long time so you know i'm gonna make it a four day weekend do some gaming, uh, enjoy myself a little bit before the next part of our project ramps back up in March. So it's a little bit of a dead zone. I could afford to take a few days. Uh, so Perfect I'm looking time. forward to that. So, so, so real quick, just so I had mm -hmm. good information, I just did a quick search on Slick Deals for Elden Ring. And just four hours ago, uh, there's a front page deal with a lot of uh, thumbs up on it. 
uh, it's PC, so it's uh, again like one of those uh, digital, um, you know, uh, storefronts. Green Man Gaming, which uh, is a good, reputable one, purchased from them before. Uh, you can get Elden Ring pre-purchase for forty-seven ninety-nine on PC, so that's really good price if you're planning on on getting that early on. So that might be worth it. There you go. There you go. Um, I will. I've already ordered the the PS5 Collector's Edition, but um, I've got enough Bing dollars where I'm going to get the digital version on Xbox, and then I'll probably buy a physical version once they have like the you know Game of the Year with all the DLC and everything on it. But um, you know, at the moment, you know. Microsoft wants to buy me a copy, then I'm going to let them buy me a copy. So uh, that's nice, though, because it'll unlock midnight of the day of. So I'll be able to stay up late and play, like, right at the very start. So I'm looking forward to that. And they'll probably do preloading and all that stuff. Yeah, I would imagine they usually do. So um, that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, outside of that, um, I watched my middle kiddo um, play through Undertale. We've I, I bought Undertale for them uh, years back, but I think it was just one of those things where it was like a hype thing and wasn't re- wasn't really old enough to get into it. But now I watched them go and play all the way through Undertale, like the super best ending, like pacifist and and all this stuff. And it's not easy could, to do. Yeah, that's no, that's it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. I'm I'm kind of watching it. And I'm like, man, all right, it's a lot of. St- they had to try a lot on a lot of these boss battles and stuff. Um, but I can see the appeal. Uh, is it a game I would play myself having watched it? No, not at all. But I totally get the appeal that for some people. Like the characters are very lovable characters. It's very much built on the the strength of those those personality and characters that come out. Which is interesting because it's all text, but... It, it does a really good job of kind of building that. It's kind of like that, you know, I can understand the comparison where people talk about like Earthbound, about like that same sort of, you know, like the gameplay loop is sort of the same, but like that character building and it's that style. Although, very, of course, the both gameplay very is quirky very different. And, and weird and they break the fourth wall once in a while. Yes. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Especially some of the ending stuff. It gets pretty pretty wacky pretty meta (laughs) yeah it's like okay this is not where i thought this was going to go but all right but that was interesting i mean you know obviously now i don't know undertale's forever old but i mean i it was never one of those things i thought like yeah this is a game for me but i was glad to have kind of watched and been involved with it do they know about delta rune yes um but that hasn't been a thing yet so Mm -hmm. who knows maybe at some point in time so, um, yeah, that, that happened at the house. That was kind of fun to watch. Um, and then um, outside of, of gaming and, and hype is uh, I've been watching Peacemaker. There's only one more episode <laughs> left. So last episode of the season comes out on Thursday. It's good. I really like Peacemaker. So My son was asking to watch it a couple days ago. I'm like, we don't have anything to stream it on right now. But he might talk me into it. We'll see. I mean, I guess I'll, you know, it, the, probably the big thing, you know, for the age is that you'd have to decide. There's nudity. There's a lot of F-bombs and language. And we, we took him to Suicide Squad, and I think that's probably the most violent movie he's ever seen in his life. So we, we have a somewhat of a baseline of what to expect for that one. Yeah, probably the only thing that's on top of that is is nudity. 
So, and it's not gratuitous. There's just some nudity that's in there, right. uh, male and female. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's just dumb. It's it's funny that they're able to take a character that you see in Suicide Squad and you're like, oh, this is like some just no, nothing redeeming about this character, and you just why would they make a show around this? And like, they did a great job. Have they turned him into a, a Boy Scout? No, he's still pretty terrible about a lot of things, but there is, of course, a redemption arc kind of is, story that's going on. So, Is the series like one season and done, or does it seem like it's an ongoing kind of... No, from what I hear, it's been, it's been doing very well, so I would probably assume that it will come back for another season after this, um, yeah. if, I if not a film or something. Yeah, I always think it's interesting when they come out and say, this is a limited season or limited series right so like they know like we just want to tell this like one arc and then it's over yeah and then sometimes they don't say that like right away because they're like well let's see how it does <laughs> yeah but the, the only the only clip that i've seen on you know kind of shared <laughs> around on social media is that one clip where he's just like i don't know the context of the joke but he's just randomly naming people <laughs> And I don't know what the joke is. It's a bunch of random things, and they all sound funny, but, like... I think I can uh, say this, because it won't really spoil much of anything if you've already seen that clip. And that clip's been everywhere, so I don't think this is really spoiling anything. But, uh, essentially, there is a character. I won't say which character it is, but... um, Peacemaker has done something. And so they want to get the heat, the cops, not chasing Peacemaker, because they need Peacemaker to do the stuff they're doing. So they set someone else up. They, you know, they make it look like somebody else did it. And the person they they chose was a terrible choice. And so that's why he's just going on and on for like 10 minutes of... Oh, so he's like, you could have chosen any of these other people? Yes, he's like, how, why did you do this? And he's just like, you could have picked... And the guy's like... I don't know. I was I was in a hurry and I had to pick. And he's like, I don't, and he's just going through, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and you're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting. It's an interesting storyline. It's um, it doesn't it hasn't gone the way I expected to go from the beginning. The characters are they're very human, and I think that sometimes is good. They're not very superhero-y. Um, to the point that, like, this one... I don't know if he's, like, a bad guy. He's just... It, name's Judo Master. Like, his character named Judo Master. <laughs> right? Really short guy. Really short. Really short guy. Like, everybody picked, of course... But, you know, he's Judo Master, so he's like, really can beat the tar out of people. But, like, for some reason, like, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Like, in every scene, he's, like, just munching on a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos. And you're like, what's that all about? <laughs> but, anyway... I don't know. They've got a lot of characters. It's about the endorsement money that they paid the uh, filmmakers. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was, but it's just weird. Little the characters have their quirks. I kind of, I kind of like little touches like that, like uh, you know, Big Lebowski and White Russians, and they never explain. No, it. No, they never explain it. <laughs> right? Like you're never like, oh, that's no. It's just like, nope, Const- that's just my con- thing. Constantly, yeah. Go, if, going if, to go to negotiate, like exchanging the money. Do you have any Kahlua? <laughs> If if you ever want to just, just like have a really fun like twenty minutes, look up the uh, Big Lebowski pinball machine. It it wasn't an officially made one. It's like a fan one. They did a bunch of runs uh-huh. of them though, and just like look at the board and just soak in all of the references to that movie. <laughs> it is amazing. 
I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, like, you got to have the toilet, you know, like the, the, the nihilist, the bathtub. Everything the yeah. is on the that toilet. Can, it is crazy. The, yeah, I can't wait to look that up, actually. Got my, got my, my brain wheels going. That's just your opinion, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, besides that, I, you know, indulging my crap TV standard stuff, I'm watching... <laughs> I've, they put like some other seasons of Australian Survivor on Paramount Plus. So I'm watching through those, and they've also added South Africa and New Zealand Survivor onto Paramount Plus. So I'm Were like, you familiar with these? No, I didn't know. <laughs> I never knew any of these countries had their own thing going on. And apparently, it hasn't been a long time. It looks like maybe, um, at least out of this bunch, Australia was the first, but that was like 2016. So pretty late to the party. So it sounds like this show was big in other countries, and eventually there's like, hey, let's just do this everywhere else. Sure. So I've gotten really used to the Australian accent. Now I'm gonna have to, you know, get my ear tuned to like a South African accent or whatever, sure. you know. But uh, I'm gonna watch those next. Yeah, I'm just amazed. I'm cool. like, okay, you know, I, yeah. Is it? It's fun TV for me. I, I get that if Survivor's not your thing, don't watch it. But uh, I'm really enjoying my time with it. But. Um, cool. Well, speaking of New Zealand, that's where Power of the Dog was filmed. Uh, many, many movies were filmed there because it's kind of like, you know, turning back the clock, you know, several hundred years in, in some of those remote locations they have. So it's supposed to be set in Montana. Um, but like the, the way that they, you know, like film some of these vistas, it's like, listen, guys, like they don't have mountains like that. that that's Middle Earth. That's not Montana. <laughs> right. So uh, uh but yeah, it's and obviously you can tell because you know, like at the beginning, they were like, "Oh, you know, New Zealand Film Institute," and, you know, like New Zealand Film Preservation. So, uh, but yeah, New Zealand is one of my favorite favorite spots. But it is it is a little bit of like you know Lord of the Rings syndrome going on, where like again, it's supposed to be Montana, and you're like, that's where the Council of Elrond was. <laughs> you know, so. Well, this wouldn't ruin it for you because uh, even though that's where the people are from, they always do some South Pacific island or whatever, you know, gotcha. for the location. Although Australia did do one in Australia in the outback, so mm. I, that was during COVID time. So I imagine they just had to. <laughs> the show right. must go yeah. on or whatever, right? But uh, yeah, no, that's kind of everything I've been up to, and um, I think that's going to take us over to our topic for this episode. So, um, you know. Games sometimes can open other doors for us. It's not just always here the game itself and the story that the game you have to tell about that. Sometimes they also open musical doors as well. And we get to hear and learn about new bands or, or songs or things that we've never, never would have chosen to listen to any other way. Um, they just probably would have never hit us. And so we're going to take a little time this episode to talk a little about um, three bands that we discovered through gaming and uh, a little bit of that music and, and kind of the story that's behind that, the game it's attached to. And uh, we did get a submission from one of our patrons as well. And after this, if you've got some stuff that, that hits you hits your, once you listen to this, uh, definitely hit us uh, up on either Patreon or send us a tweet. I'd always love to hear everybody's thoughts about cool things that they've found out. And uh, we're going to handle this in a little round-robin format like we did before. I'm going to go in the same order we did with our little discussion piece. So, Kelsey, I'm going to cue you up first. So when we talk about new music and games, I mean, there's probably only, I think, certain genres that most people would think about where they hear, like, licensed music in games. So I'll be curious to hear where everybody got their stuff from. Yeah. But uh, 
Kelsey, what do you what do you got for us right up front? So I'll start with the most obvious ones and I'll work my way into the weirder ones. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so I get it. Same. I'm a big Tony Hawk fan and they have all sorts of music and I tend to listen to them once and then I go through the checklist and I'm like, okay, I don't need to hear it. Like I, I turn off a lot of the rap and the pop and stuff like that. But I'll keep on mostly the metal and the punk stuff. Uh, so I enjoy that kind of vibe and so i've done that through all the tony hawk games but then when i got to tony hawk's underground 2 um yeah thug 2 um there was this song that kept playing and i'm like i love it and i turned everything off except for this one song for like weeks i just (laughs) i just play the game to the one song uh and it was by a band called three inches of blood and around this time i was starting to get into death metal a little bit for the first time and this band was like the perfect gateway for me because they have two vocalists. One of them is death metal and one of them just sounds like Rob Halford from the painkiller album. And it's very like power metal. There's just like these really cool melodies all the time, every song. And so I was like, I gotta find out what album this is from. And so it's from an album called advance and vanquish. And it has become like one of my like desert Island albums. Like there's no bad track on it. So this, the song from Tony Hawk Underground 2 is called Deadly Sinners, and it is, it's ridiculous. Like, all the music, all the songs and the lyrics are silly and ridiculous and, like, mostly fantasy-based. Like, they have a song called Destroy the Orcs on here, and it's just about killing orcs <laughs> for two minutes. Uh, and it's just, it's just fun, silly. Uh, it's kind of like if Gore took their music more seriously, almost. Like, <laughs> they're, they're I don't just know if that could happen, but yeah. No, exactly. It's like a parallel universe like kind of band. Uh, they're also Canadian, which there's not a lot of cool Canadian metal bands. I think they're out of Vancouver. Uh, they are also a band that I have like for a decade meant to like check out a second album, and I just never have. I just love this one so much. I'm like, I probably like their other stuff too, but I've never explored it. So I got to get on that. But yeah. So, so three inches what, of blood. What year was that? Um out oh so that would have probably been sometime around the early to mid 2000s so we're talking like a gamecube kind yeah, of P- i would have played ps2 it on GameCube. game yeah i would have okay. played that on gamecube all right very good I, I was never into tony hawk so that's what i'm trying to you know yeah, picture I, win i got really into tony hawk around four and then i went backwards and picked up all the previous ones loved them and then i just started carrying on with the franchise as they came out until project date kind of killed the series for me Okay, all right. It's three inches of blood. Three yes. inches of blood. It's like three, the number, don't spell it out like the word, and then inches of blood, all, all the words. Now is it spelled out inches or is it just like the little hash, yeah. the little no, quote? spelled out. <laughs> spelled out. And they have great album covers too, like just fantastic fantasy art. Now the que- next question I have to ask is, uh, they're Canadian, so why wouldn't it be like three centimeters of blood? Uh, probably to appeal to the uh, international audience. Like that doesn't make any sense that it should be centimeters, right? It's only America that does the. I, I know, thing, but right? when you're a Canadian band, uh, you typically do most of your touring in the U.S. Oh, okay. Like All right. if you, especially if they're in Vancouver, like what are you going to do? Like drive nine hours to Edmonton for your next show, or are you going to drive south for an hour and then be able to do a show every hour drive? I don't know. Uh, you know, you can drive okay. south. Three liters I've, of blood. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I've I've often wondered that about the uh, Proclaimers song, 
I'm gonna be, where they sing like I would walk 500 miles. It's like 5, are you, are you kilometers miles <laughs> out in uh, out in Ireland over there? A lot of a lot of mile indicators. I think the UK still talks about miles though. It's kind of like stones there, right? Like when they talk, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm five stones. You're like, well, I don't even, how does anybody measure anything in a stone? I don't know. Yeah, every every town's got their own universal <laughs> weighing stone. So, uh, so real quick, you reminded me of something, uh, Kelsey, that uh, um, uh, Adam Jones, the guitar player for Tool, who I follow on a couple different social media uh, platforms, he's not very active at all because he just couldn't be bothered with it. But uh, fairly recently, he posted. Um, uh, it was like right before he went on on stage because they're they're starting up their their postponed tour dates again. And he just posted like a screenshot of him listening to Painkiller on Spotify with yeah. like the caption of like, like this is what like gets me going like before like uh, like we go out and do a show. So, figured you'd appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Thank you for letting me know. So, uh, but yeah, and it's it's interesting you mentioned Tony Hawk because I have some Tony Hawk inspiration uh, on my on my list here. Uh, I've narrowed it down to three. So the three I've narrowed it down to are not on the Tony Hawk side of things. Um, but back to uh, uh, what Chris was saying about, um, you know, being curious about, you know, the genres that you find licensed music from, like, uh, there's there's two main ones that uh, I think you find them in, and that's uh, uh, racing games. Uh, and I know, you know, sports and racing, it's kind of like that. There's like that dividing line, but I still kind of feel like there's like a, a line between like racing games and then like other, you know, like team sports games. Yeah. Um, it's also funny you said uh, uh, about, you know, when on, on games that have licensed music, you kind of go into the audio section and you can uncheck ones you don't want to hear. I, I do that with every release of NHL because for a little while, it was like all in my wheelhouse. It was like, you know, like alternative rock, punk, heavy, like, you know, any kind of mix of things, everything was good. And then like some other stuff started creeping in that like, you know, I'm, it's just not in my wheelhouse. So I would just go in and like, okay, like uncheck, uncheck, uncheck. And you just kind of make it, make it your own. And I remember in, uh, there was a FIFA game, like the one year I decided to check out FIFA on the PlayStation. And I think it was a fat boy slim song funk soul brother mm-hmm. is that fat boy slim yep i so i think um, i actually knew that yeah and and uh uh so like you know you fire at the menu and like that song's playing over and over again and then you know i play a game and then i get back to the menu that song's playing again and i'm like man so i go to the audio to try to disable that sorry <laughs> that's the only song <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna like this song play on repeat yeah so uh but yeah so that that'll bring me to my first one um this is from NHL 2003. So this is not uh, th- this is a band that everyone has heard of, but is it, it is not a band that I knew of before this game came out. Is it the dun 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 I used to know that guy's name because uh, that 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 song was on like uh, like those ESPN like jock rocks or like, you know, like the wrestling in jock jams yeah <laughs> or, or like the they would sell like the wrestler intro you know like compilations it was like in that same uh, little section of the of the CD store um, so NHL 2003 remember comes out in 2002 so the because uh, it, it's like you know the the year that the the season ends so this game came out in September this album 
uh, was th this band had a few albums out first, so they were kind of they and they went gold, so they were pretty well known. But this is their first album that went platinum, that kind of like really like uh, bl blew them up. So the band is the Queens of the Stone Age, and the song is No One Knows, uh, which uh, if, if you haven't heard it before, uh, I, it's, I know that it's, one from Guitar Hero. Yes, it's also also was was uh, later in guitar. It's actually been in several games. This was the first game it appeared in. This album came out in August. The uh, game came out like the next month, like September, like maybe October, depending on where the release falls. So it, it's there's just something just kind of like weird and quirky and like staccato about this like riff, and it's just totally. like and it's just got this like kind of driving beat and. They, it wouldn't play in the menus. It was a song that played like so. You'd be playing the game, and then you know, like you know, puck goes into the stands, or you know, the whistle blows, and it's kind of what would play in the arena for the fans, like in between whistles. So you really only heard it for like you know, like 15, 20 seconds or something, and then it would stop, and the game would keep going. But I loved it. I like went to the menu to like try to find like what song it was, and I I found the band through that, and that was on their on their album, Songs for the Deaf. Uh, which to this day is one of my favorite albums uh, of all time. It's definitely my favorite stoner rock album. Um, I've got the record uh, right over here. My friend uh, Courtney and Kaylee got that for me a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I found a bunch of music through the NHL soundtracks. They've they've kind of gotten away from the types of music that I like in recent years, and it's become more of like a... Uh, I don't know how you describe it. It's not hip hop. It's not dance or electronica, but it's like a lot of just like beats and, you know, like not like instruments, you know, that I'm that I'm kind of looking for. So, uh, but yeah, in like the mid to uh, late 90s, mid 2000s, a lot of really good music in the NHL games. But the one that stands out that I I always tell people I found Queens of the Stone Age through NHL 2003. So that's my first uh, first band. That's funny because when I think of like you said like games that you'd find music in, never would I think hockey. That's going to be yeah. a kind of game that you're going to find a lot of licensed tracks in. Yeah, and I don't know as much about baseball and football because I don't play the um, you know the Madden games or anything. Um, so I don't know if there's licensed music like within the menus. But every year a new hockey game would come out. It was like one of the first things I would do is like go to the menu, like listen to like the first you know like. I wouldn't listen to every single song. It would take an hour, but I'll listen to like 15, 20 seconds of a song and think, you know, like, can I, can I groove to this while I'm in menus? Yes, I can leave it. Or no, I cannot uncheck because the, especially when you first get the game, the NHL games are really, really, really granular. And it's not just like easy, medium, hard. It's like, okay, here's like 15 different options for the way passing works. Uh, you know, like, uh, how's the aim assist? Do you want to use saucer passes? Do you want to do this? So it takes a long time to kind of set the game up the way that you want it to feel. So you're going to be in menus for a while when you first start playing. So I always wanted to enjoy the music I was listening to since I was going to be in menus so much. Makes sense. Before I get to mine, I, I guess talking about this then, um, I'm curious. What do you guys prefer? Do you prefer, like, the radio station style where uh, you can't really... You can't really control the tracks. You can a lot of times skip. Like if you don't like it, you can skip, but you really can't like turn them off. Or do you like that I have to go in and like control my soundtrack? That's a good question because I like uh, I, I I like both. But my, my issue that I have with the radio station is it's normally like 
eight stations I don't like and like zero <laughs> to one that I do. So the all it is is like, okay, not the classical, not the hit, like maybe like the 90s hip hop because it just, you know, like the jams from when you were, you know, like in school, but like not the classical, not the hip hop, not the dance club, not the, and then, but then there's like one rock station and like one hardcore station. Like you just go between those. And sometimes it's like, oh, I really don't like three songs on this channel, but like there's two that I really do like. So I, I understand the immersiveness and the realism of like driving around in Forza Horizon and being like, bloop, 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 bloop. Like that's how you would, you know, like change a radio station. Um, but yeah, I, I probably would lean more towards the granularity and I, I'm surprised, actually, that there's not, uh, uh, you know, some more integration with uh, with some of the, you know, like music streaming services. I guess the idea is because they want to have that licensed music deal and, you know, like uh, and have that on the soundtrack there. But uh, but yeah, I it's I, I find it tough to find stuff that I'm like super into across multiple, you know, like generic radio channels. I know you can play a lot of games with radio channels like the only one that's jumping to mind in recent memory was cyberpunk saints row uh, yeah like i hate the saints row games like i played yeah. played through the third with the playcast years ago and like i the music drove me nuts on like all the stations like i just couldn't find any that i really liked even the metal station there's like two songs out of like the 10 on it that i didn't like uh, but like cyberpunk, I really liked just finding if it's like instrumental, doesn't bother me as much. Uh, so like I'd find like a synthwave channel and just let it run. Everything on there was fine. It was cool. It fit the theme. I was really happy with it. But any kind of licensed music that exists in reality, like I, I just did not want to hear that. So I would find like like Bill mentioned classical. I will gladly take classical over almost every other genre just because you can play it anywhere and it kind of fits. So I guess to another question again, then before we go, I, I go again. I just thought about this. There was a time when ripping your discs uh, to yeah, the console and custom that. custom soundtracks was a big thing. So I'm curious, did you guys do a lot of that? Or were you like, now nah, I just want to see what the game music is like? Or so before I like, I've never been an Xbox guy. I've always got the systems really late. So one of my coworkers huge early adopter on the original xbox and was so pumped like I, he invited me over he's like you got to come and play xbox with me i'm like cool let's do it so i go to this guy's house first time i've ever gone to his house he lives with his brother they've got like stacks of xbox magazines they've got like you know 40 50 games like they're just like super into this world and all he wanted to do was play tiger woods pga tour with his like one beach Boys cd that he had ripped to it and so we just listened to the Beach Boys and played Tiger Woods for like three hours. And then I never really hung out with the guy again. Okay. That's a choice you could make. <laughs> I think I've told this story before. I'm so excited episode. about it. So, 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 so buckle in. Um, I was, uh, that sounds I was, amazing. I, I was, <laughs> I was really into the idea of, you know, of the, of the OG Xbox, with the hard drive and ripping soundtracks because I had had subpar, you know, music experiences on, you know, previous, uh, uh, you know, other consoles, PlayStation two, dreamcast, whatever. So, um, and they were really, really, really trying to sell hard. The, like it's cause it's, it's crazy now because it's just a standard thing. Like consoles have storage, right? So, but they were like trying to market and sell this is like, no, 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 guys, look how valuable having storage on your console is. 
um, and they were trying to tell, like you know sell you blinks the cat and you could do rewind and stuff and they were trying to tell oh when you drive the tire tracks will be there like the next time because we can save that and it's like didn't actually work that way but they were just trying to sell you the the concept but um they uh so i i you know i got uh tony hawk um one and two were uh games that i or sorry tony hawk one i played on dreamcast so tony hawk 2x was one that came out on uh, the xbox and then they got tony hawk 3 and 4 as well so I think it was Tony Hawk. It was either two X or three uh, that had the the soundtrack uh, uh, ripping feature, and I remember I got it, and I saw the soundtrack. Uh, uh, you know, like uh, it's when you go in the audio menu to choose the audio, in the game itself you had to say like you know use my audio. So the game still had to like support a way for you to like point to like your hard drive. So I was in the menu and I saw that and I was like ooh, let's rip something. And I like reached over and like I tried tried to find like a binder or like you know like whatever I had like CD I had near me, and I guess like all like my like music music was like in the car or upstairs or, like somewhere else like I didn't have like you know Metallica or Alice in Chains or anything like that. What I did have, <laughs> speaking of classical music, was the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack. <laughs> so right. I ripped the soundtrack. To I really Lord thought of the you Rings. were going to be like I got my mom's. Enya bath CD. Yeah, like <laughs> Michael Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> All day. So I riffed the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And I'm telling you right now, you have not lived <laughs> until you have played Tony Hawk 2 with like the the Shire behind like da 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 <laughs> And I like at first it was just like a funny little joke. I would show people, hey, check out this soundtrack. But I left it like that, and I played 100% of that game to the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack. So that was that's the only memory I have of doing custom soundtracks. It, after that, it kind of you know lost its luster, and I was like, oh, I'll listen to the music they give me, or I'll you know is do that what I've been doing still all a feature in those kind of games? I, I like, mean, on if the you bought, Xbox, you can still do Like, that. if you bought NHL 2022 on your Series X, could you... I don't think those are, that's a thing that? anymore. No, not custom. You I, you can go in and, and like, deselect songs. Right. You don't no, I meant, hear. like, ripping your own But, yeah, the, I don't think the custom... No, I don't think they let you do that anymore. Hmm. This reminds me of another story that's not appropriate for this show about a soundtrack. <laughs> but, um, so, okay, my first pick. Um... This one, okay, guys, remember, we're going back and we're talking about all this stuff. Remember Xbox 360? And there was a time, at least, where it was like a mandate where every game that came out on the Xbox 360 had a demo. Yeah. And so you could download the demo for free, try the game out, and you decide if you buy it. So, you know, that was like going, because in the, the previous generation it had been demo discs. Now, no, you just download it onto your hard drive and you can try it out. And so I had downloaded a uh, demo of Project Goth- Gotham Racing Three, which uh, is really a game is a game, right? Um, pretty early on the Xbox 360, yeah. Um, because like the other PGR games had been like the previous generation, and they had been like the outgrowth from like Metropolis Street Racer. And... That's what it was, yeah. Because because PGR uh, one. I remember being a big deal with like me and a few guys, and then PGR two not as much, and I don't think three was on my radar. But yeah, Metropolis like grew into Project Gotham. Yeah, and then I think 
was there ever a four? It just kind of dwindled uh, off. But like it was really big because it had like that kudos system. So you yes. know, as you would do like your slides and stuff, you'd earn kudos points. Yep. And yep. anyway, not to talk forever about PGR three. I mean, it was a fun game. I didn't buy it. <laughs> I just played the demo a lot. But it's a driving game, so they had licensed soundtrack on there, and that's where I first heard um, LCD sound system was on that soundtrack, and. Um, I'm thinking when that came, like PGR3 is pretty early. This is probably 2005, 2006, pretty early in the Xbox 360. So not long after that album came out. And that was, um, the track that was on there was Tribulations from their debut album. It was just self-titled LCD sound system. And I just remember I, I played the game, you know, like the demo short, right? There's like a track and you get a couple cars and you could do, but I just kept playing this, this same track and this same car, just like I keep going, cycling back to this song. And, um, I don't know. It's, it kicked off me really loving that band and sticking with them through all their albums throughout the years. And it just had a really good hook to it. Uh, very fitting for, uh, a driving game, high energy. So it was a good pick um, for that. And um, yeah, it made me go and track down the album and really, it's kind of those things. Like you say, like uh, they're one of those few bands to me. There's not a lot. But there's one of those few bands where when I get a new album from them, I like every track. Like there's not like a throwaway I, yeah, track. I've heard you mention these guys several times yeah, in the past. Yeah, and it, they just... Everything they pump out is good stuff. I mean, obviously, there's going to be tracks I like more than other ones on the albums, but you know how it is. Like, because sometimes you buy an album, you're like, man, these three are awesome, and I just skip everything else. Right? Yeah, and, and so these are. this is my friend Courtney's favorite band. She sees them live every chance she can. They did a residency in Brooklyn not long ago, Yeah. and she was planning on going to several shows, and, like, some happened, and then the, the some got postponed. This was, like, late last year. Um, they're... They're a bit like Tool, not in the sense of the same type of music. But they just they listen to Painkiller before every show, right? Exactly. Just Painkiller and then LCD, like back-to-back. They don't put out, like, a billion albums. No. Like, so Tool, like, their, their, their recent one is the first one in 13 years. And then before that, it was, like, you know, so I think there's, there's like, four or five, you know, kind of, like, main Tool albums. And, like, I think LCD, same thing. There's, like, four or five-ish releases. Yeah. As opposed to someone like Weezer, who I really, really love but like they've they've put out you know like 15 you know albums and like there's four more coming out this year uh like in in pandemic they wrote like four albums worth of music and they're like okay, oh that's not release. an exaggeration <laughs> that's not an exaggeration Jeez. they're releasing four albums this year and they're each releasing on the start of the season so their four albums this year are spring summer fall and winter Whoa. and they're each like themed for that like time of year so uh so yeah like there's i love weezer but there's a lot of skips because they put out a lot of stuff and some stuff like people will like some stuff they won't but yeah lcd i hear the same thing from fans of theirs it's like there's no skips on any lcd album they just they just craft everything that way yeah and like you say that you know each album would be five six years apart so there's time and they even split well pseudo split for a while and then they decided to get back together not too long ago um but it's just very it's just some very unique stuff. Uh, they don't. I, I like things that have their own sound to them and aren't samey. And this group definitely has that, and it's unique. And I don't, I don't have to. 
I like to do that. Like, okay, this is this kind of style, and I like this band does this style really well, and I don't, you know, I don't need 15 other bands that do a half terrible job at that. I'll just, I'm really into this. It's funny you say that because, like, Spotify and Amazon Music, like, they'll all try to, like, be like, oh, you like that? Like, you'll also like this. And I'm like, you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And when I see those things, I'm like, oh, that's nice that you tried. (laughs) Right. And, like, like, the only time it's ever worked... Yeah, like I listened to like a bunch of Three Days Grace. Uh, shout out to a Canadian. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call them metal, but they're like Canadian kind of like. Please don't call them metal. Band. Yeah, they're definitely not metal. <laughs> but um, like I'll listen to Three Days Grace, and then they're like, oh, like maybe you'll like Breaking Benjamin, and then it actually turns out, oh yeah, like I actually do like them, and like they've toured together and they're similar. But then other times it's like, oh, you might like Seether or Skillet or any of these other like weird kind of like like uh, not really heavy bands, but like kind of popular heavy bands, and I'm like. No, like just don't just don't suggest things anymore. Like I'll I'll find what I like. Definitely. So um, you know I. Anyway, great great band, great albums. Um, you can't go wrong if you try a few of their tracks. See what you think. But um, yeah, weird that 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 scene where you got free demos and I didn't have to pay yeah. a dime, but hey. it, it gave me a lot more than the free demo out of it so. i love your lcd sound system origin story started, <laughs> with, <laughs> project, started way back with metropolis street racer it grew from there i mean kind of so that, that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to bring this up because i thought like man there's a lot of bands i like to have like really weird ways i found out about them so yeah, that's cool um all right kelsey you're back up again what do we got uh four right. more inches of blood I would yeah you, yeah four inches <laughs> i'm just building up every time figuring out <laughs> Um, and with Slayer, raining blood. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite way to discover a new band is to go into a music store and just find like an awesome album cover and take a chance and hope for the best. And there's this really awesome local used music store in town. So I go there and I always dig through the CDs when I'm there. And I pull out this cover and it looks amazing. It's like kind of stained glass themed. Uh, there's like this woman on it and some like flowers and stuff. I'm like, wow, this looks really cool, really unique. And I flip it over and I'm like, wait, I, I recognize one of these songs. Where do I know this from? And I'm like, oh, it's it's uh, Freya from Guitar Hero 2. Like, I hate playing that song in Guitar Hero 2. But this album looks really cool. I'm going to take a chance on it. And they had another one there by the, by the same band. The band's called The Sword, uh, which is a cool name for a band. Uh, so I grab these two albums and then they just like sit on my shelf for a while. And then I'm, I'm listening to the guitar hero two soundtrack again. And Freya comes on and I'm like, okay, I'm going to crank this up, give it another listen. And I'm like, wow, like I love this song. I'm like, why did I always hate this? Hmm. And it's because playing it sucks because it's very repetitive. There's like this, like two minutes long where it's just like, the same three chords just keep progressing. And when you're trying to play that, it's really boring on a plastic guitar because you can't put any yeah. sort of different emphasis or uh, kind of your own spin on it like you could with a real guitar. And so when I listen to this song, it's, it's kind of my first introduction to like, like kind of like a stoner rock because uh, they have a lot of songs where they just get this cool groove going and they just hold it for like two, three minutes and you just kind of supposed to get into the groove and like just kind of let those those three notes like soak over you. Uh, so it, it's become like my favorite road trip album now because uh, I put it on and every song's kind of like that. They're like five, six minutes long and they just have like this part that just 
you kind of hang on it for a couple of minutes. So mm-hmm. while you're driving and you're just kind of, you know, in the zone and you don't need to pay a lot of attention, it's just you kind of lose yourself in the song for a bit. And the whole album is like that. And there's no bad songs on this album. They're really, really good. Uh, the album I'm talking about is called The Age of Winters. Uh, the other one I bought by The Swords called High Country, and they, I hate it. I, like, there's not a single track on it that I like. Uh, and Age of Winters, I like every single track. So, like, they're, I don't know how diverse they get uh, from album to album. I think they've got five or six albums. But they seem like they've got a lot of range in how they like to write music. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of a new subgenre for me. Uh, like the stoner stuff, I've tried a few like stoner metal bands in the past, and they're just I find them really boring and and it's kind of too slow. But for some reason, this one it it does have a little bit more energy than those other bands that I I tried. So maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, it's all fantasy lyrics and just neat song structures that I'm not uh, as familiar with. Uh, so yeah, check out the Sword uh, Age of Winters if you're looking for something cool. Uh, and it is far better to listen to than to play in Guitar Hero 2. I was going to say, I played a lot of Guitar Hero 2. I'm trying to place I'm sure if I heard it, I would know it right away, but I can't place you know, it yeah. right now. I, uh, I, if, if I'm remembering, it's like a super heavy and like low riff, and it's like... Yep, that's the one. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, the song, not fun to play in that game at all, but yeah, it's a great jam to actually listen to. And I think there's like different feels to it too. Like there's the riff, and you think, okay, it's gonna stay like this, and then it kind of goes to chords, like dun 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 dun, and like it's kind of got like it, it like moves around a little bit. So yeah, like, they they got a little bit of like a prog rock kind of uh, feel uh-huh. to some of the song structure. It's, it's funny when we talk about Guitar Hero too. I just remember the my the best song I loved to play. It was fun. Was there's this free, there's a freeze pop song that's on there that's that really like so synthy. fun to play yeah. Yeah. and it's freeze so much fun awesome. to play yeah. and I'm like yep. this is not like guitar music at all but it was just yeah. really fun to play the totally, song totally agree yeah. do you know about free do you know the story behind freeze pop no i mean i've, I've listened to some of their music so but. so like uh, uh, i don't hold me to the, this detail but like either some or all members of freeze pop are either harmonics developers or like close friends with harmonics <laughs> developers. So oh. that's how they got in the game. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. I know a lot of yeah. those tracks that got on there were like local Boston bands and yes. things. Yeah, so. A lot of Boston stuff on there for sure. Yep. But yeah, freeze pop is, is terrific and all their songs are fun to play in those games. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. And what was that again? Cause I have to, it's the sword. The sword. Yeah, the song was Freya, and the album was Age of Winters. Okay, that's a very forgettable name for a band. The Sword. Oh man, I love it. I really? Love it. Which, which, which I assume yeah. is just a tribute to Alex Winter, uh, as big Bill and Ted fans. <laughs> Righteous. Uh, okay, Bill, what you got for number two for us? Yeah, so for the next one, uh, I'm going to go with another uh, band that I think a lot of people have heard of. Um, uh, probably you know a pretty big band like quite a bit heavier uh than uh uh i mean i i i I always like the waters are always really like murky when i'm trying to figure out like genres because like you can't call someone metal they're not metal and you can't call someone you you know like don't let me let me uh no no and i I wasn't no and i wasn't even talking about that before three days grace can be metal bill that's fine yeah no i like i i struggle to because i'll say like oh like this and then people are like oh like i don't know if that is 
So anyway, uh, but this is like one of the heaviest bands that I have in regular rotation as far as just like thrashy, you know, like gnarly, like crazy solos and like a billion, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, beats uh, per second on the drums and like that kind of stuff. And this is a band that I discovered in another racing game uh, going back, uh, uh, inspired by Metropolis Street Racer, <laughs> uh, the developers at Criterion decided to make Burnout 4. <laughs> revenge they made it they made it to four yep they made it all the way to four and then and then beyond that uh so the band that i discovered in burnout i've discovered many bands in the burnout series but i've narrowed it down to these guys um so in burnout four i discovered avenged sevenfold oh yeah and the song that uh was on this soundtrack was the beast and the harlot which is still one of my favorite Avenged Sevenfold songs. Another Guitar Avenged... Hero 2 song. That's the third mm-hmm. yes. Guitar Hero 2 song we that... mentioned today. Yep. yep. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> we, know, we know what we're doing. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I do feel like Avenged Sevenfold is one of those bands that they're not like polarizing, like, you know, when you mention something like Nickelback where people are like, oh, <laughs> they're complete garbage. But, like, I do feel like you mention Avenged Sevenfold and there are people who are like, yeah, I've tried, I can't. And then there are people who are like, oh, like they're they're awesome. I love them. And I just happen to be in the I love them camp. Um, I think a lot of their guitar work sounds a lot like Castlevania music, um, where like yeah, I kind of like, see that. I, I I could I could see like having certain segments come on and just jumping through like clouds and moon in the back. Like I I see Castlevania levels fighting merman right things. now. Yeah, like for real. Like, and I love I love. Uh, uh, Shadow's voice. I forget his real name, but he goes by Shadow something or other, uh, the lead singer. And um, the, their first album, I don't know what you call it, when it like, because it's not death metal where it's all kind of like like guttural, throaty roars, but the, there's the other type of singing where it's like mostly just high, high screaming, but not like metal screams, like melodic, more just like screechy, screamy. Their first album was super, super screamy. And then they decided, okay, we're, we're going to switch this up a little bit. And it's the same singer, but he completely changes the way he sings. And he went, and he went to a vocal coach, and he was like, I want it to sound like this. And he, he kind of changed uh, his, his technique. But I love his voice. I love the, 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 the rasp uh, he gets out of it, um, still being able to have like a, a ton of range. Uh, the guitar player, um, his name's not coming in right now. He's... Uh, He's one of these guys who's sponsored by like people who make guitars and like there's like signature models of you know like his uh, uh, his uh, uh, you know models because he's he's such a great player. I just like so much of this band and I I found them uh, through Burnout and I think what it was is I I found them in Burnout and then I saw that there was going to be events sevenfold songs in Guitar Hero and Rock Band and I was like all right if they're sticking <laughs> around like I'm gonna I'm gonna go see what it's all about. I remember that being a really fun one to play in Guitar Hero. Yeah. And it was and like in the last batch, like it was some of the hardest stuff. Right, it was like on like the five star, like the you know, the devil horn uh, type uh, difficulties. And then especially in rock band where they added the drums into the mix where I would, you know, like play oh, yeah. an expert drums, a lot of double bass uh, stuff going on. But, uh, but yeah, Beast and the Harlots, awesome. And then um, in rock band, I think the one that was in that was almost easy. Uh, and uh, there's like three like this this album like this one that was kind of out around that same time and the next album uh those are my two favorite event sevenfold albums i haven't listened to a ton of their stuff since then but it's still on like regular rotation and uh 
yeah it's uh i, I think they're just awesome and uh it's all all from Bur there's a lot of music i've i've discovered through burnout um and if we have you know when we get to honorable mentions i'll i'll fly through some of those but this is one that i really 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 you know really clicks with me in a way that not a lot of other music of this style does because i really do like you know like fast heavy thrashy stuff but sometimes it's like oh you know like those vocals aren't you know like totally up my alley or whatever like everything about the way this band sounds clicks like the harmonies the the keys like the way the like i'm not super big on the like guitar solos that are just arpeggios for days like it's it's not interesting to me it's just dissing my boy ingve yeah exactly he he's super super mr malmstein to you exactly (laughs) he like so guys like ingve and like like ridiculously skilled and impressive not interesting for me personally to listen to (laughs) fun fun quick ingve story i was at a music shop and they had and like i i'm a terrible guitar player and i always have been but they had a guitar book of ingve uh like songs uh which normally i wouldn't buy because i'm like i will never in my life be able to put in practice to play these songs (laughs) but they had a cd with it and i'm like a practice cd for ingve i'm gonna buy this because it comes with a cd and so i would just listen to it because they would play the song on full speed and then half speed and then quarter speed and so i would listen to ingve's arpeggios on quarter speed sometimes and it would just blow my mind i'm like there was four notes there i thought that was like two notes it's so fast so 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 two things i have to say to that uh i would highly recommend you rip that cd to your xbox and then i have it still i could play tiger woods pgr3 man yeah someone else is 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 taking their shot Uh, but yeah, like there's so same thing. Like there's this guy in TikTok that I follow who's like one of these like sweet picker or economy picker guys. And someone asked him like like how how do you do that? And then he was like, well, like here's what I practice. Like it's it's not you know like, and he just he's like you know like down down like you know down down up. And it's and I do these notes and it's like dun 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 dun, and then he slowly speeds it up and and then you're like wait a minute yeah. I thought that was one note. He played three or four, you know, like in that same time period, but it's just, and he's like, this is probably just like a little bit of practice every day for a year. And, you know, like that's, but that's how long it takes to, you know, get that skill down. But yeah, so about, and my, my, just the last thing I was going to say, like as, as technically impressive as someone like Ingve is not something that I'm interested in listening to, but at the same time, someone like Eric Johnson, who's just as like skilled to me, like there's more style and more melody and more groove and something like that where I could listen to that. So like, it's just one of those things where you know different stuff clicks with different people mm-hmm. and something about Avenged Sevenfold, like th- this era of Avenged, like I it totally clicks in everything I'm looking for. I absolutely love it. Awesome, yeah, I've definitely heard their stuff through the similar games, right? That, the that's the only song I know is Beast and Harlot. I'll have to maybe get a few to check out from you. Yeah, I will uh, certainly get you a a little little mini Spotify playlist, probably like five or six, just to kind of like taste uh, test the waters. Sure. So I was going to do this one last, but since we're so guitar hero too heavy, <laughs> um, I might as well just stick with a the theme. And uh, the band there is uh, that handsome devil, and uh, I love that one. Uh, they have a song on there called. Um, I believe it was that one, maybe the third one. I think it was the second one. That was uh, Elephant Bones and Rob the President. 
um, or two tracks. Oh, Rob the Prez Oden. Yes. 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 Yeah, I know that's, yep. Yep. So they talk about an extremely unique sound. Um, like it's this fusion of like jazz and it has this sixties component to it, but all the lyrics are very hard. Um, think of like, I I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, we're talking about like, you know, growing up in the rough part of town, like a lot of these songs that they have are, are, you know, like Rob the President. It's a song about, you know, they're going to rob the president. <laughs> so that's what the song is about. But uh, our Elephant Bones is about like aliens discovering us after we're all dead and gone and our crap and junk. And anyway, those were a couple songs that were on there. But um, like the vocalist that's on there has this. I don't know. I, I can't say it or describe it. You just have to hear it. And. It's such a unique sound that this band has and just these very catchy rhythms, but all their music is not like that. Again, like I said, they've got like this jazzy component. So some of them are like, um, uh, an out al- one from an album, a couple of years is a song called bang bang. And it's really kind of talking about these, this guy and this girl that grew up as kids. And then eventually like, you know, things started to grow, but she shot him down. Right. Um, and it has, it's like this more slow kind of sound to it, but it's, it's just a really great song. And uh, they're not one of those bands where I would say everything is like, a, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But they have enough good tracks on every album and their sound is so unique that I keep coming back to them over and over again. Um, and they put an album last year. So, I mean, they're still out there and they're putting stuff together. But, um, they, you know, I would say if nothing else, if you haven't heard them before, if any of that sounds intriguing to you, um, look up a couple tracks on YouTube or whatever and check them out. Because, um, again, I really dig when I can find something that's very unique and not samey. And I go, man, I can go back and I can get this sound, you know, from, from these people. And um, I don't know. They've just done a fantastic job at it. And um, a lot of really good tracks are in there so if you're looking for something that's a little bit different and outside of maybe the stuff you're used to listening to um give it a go i would compare in my mind to kind of like how i like mr bungle music where it's not it's not normal music necessarily but it has its own hooks and style and and you really like what you like about it if that helps what were they called again um that handsome devil I can't think of any of that from Guitar Hero. I, mean, I guarantee you, you look up like Rob the President El- or like Elf, Elephant, Elephant Bones. Bones you'll know I think I know that way. song title, but I cannot, for the life of me, place the song. I guarantee. As soon as you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Right. Um, Probably. You can't miss the vocalist and the style that they've got going on there. But um, you'll know it right away. But yeah, that's my second one. So we're swinging back around. Kelsey, what you got for number three? All right, I'm going to keep the Guitar Hero train rolling. Uh, So like everybody knows, Guitar Hero 3 had that uh, Through the Fire and Flames. It was like the crazy song. Like no one can do it. So before that, in Guitar Hero 2, there was a crazy song that nobody could do. But because it was in the bonus tracks, 
uh, it didn't get as much attention. You didn't have to play it to do the campaign of the game. Do you guys remember what song was like absolutely insane compared to everything else in Guitar Hero 2? It's been a lot of years, but I played every song on that thing. So. It's not coming right to my head, no. That's right. I, I used to, like, I was so hardcore into Guitar Hero. Uh, I was on this website called scorehero.com, and we could take pictures of our scores and submit them. And then we had, like, a, a leaderboard because the game wasn't online. And we had little clubs and leagues. Like, they'd place you as someone for a week with one song, and you'd see who could come out ahead with the highest score in that week. And so there was a song on in the Guitar Hero 2 bonus tracks called Jordan that was like impossible to beat let alone five star and so that was my goal for like months was to five star jordan uh by a guitarist named buckethead yeah yeah i remember yeah. the buckethead yeah okay yes is that, is that the one that go that's got that weird like uh little different a little different okay. uh so he is like i'd never heard of him before this song and i the song is so unique and weird that I had to look him up and I've really got into him since then. Uh, so he's very experimental in his guitar playing. And so like in Jordan, he's got a kill switch on his guitar. So the, the song's like buzzing in and out. It's like stopping and starting as he's hitting this kill switch during the main uh, riffs on, on the song, which it doesn't sound like anything I'd ever heard before. Cause I'd never heard anybody use a kill switch as like a, part of the instrument like to make the rhythm of the song and then uh once tom morello's out of the chat yeah absolutely someone like tom morello would 100 i was never a rage against the machine kid so i this is kind of my first experience with that gotcha. that part yeah. of the guitar um he get you get to the solos in the song and they just sound like like we, we were just making fun of uh Yngwie arpeggios like it's like <laughs> crazier than that it just sounds like this wall of noise that's it's like computer beeps and boops and i'm like that can't be a guitar and yeah. so you watch videos of him playing live and you're like shit like that's a guitar and he's doing these weird tapping techniques and in really weird uh not typical arpeggios and it's just really bizarre and so i started digging into more of his music and it is like if, if you're familiar with Steve Vai, that's probably the closest guy that I know of that that kind of kind of plays that that style where it's it's instrumental and every album is like ten different genres. So I will typically like one, two, or maybe three songs. Like really like them on an album, and the rest of it I'm like I don't understand this music because uh, some songs are like kind of medley some songs are just jazz some songs are electronica some songs are really bluesy and some songs are like all four of those and like another genre i don't even know and he just they go wild he'll have like an eight minute long song uh and like six minute of it minutes of it is a solo and then the next song's like two minutes long and it's just like this really nice melody he repeats for two minutes um which is all over the place with, with style and technique uh, and he's also a very weird individual who wears a bucket on his head, a KFC bucket, and like a white, faceless, like kind of creepy doll mask. Uh, and from what I know about him, like he's been offered to be in bands like, like Ozzy and Guns N' Roses, but Ozzy and Axel were like, "You're in the band if you take the mask off." And he's like, "Nope, I, I quit Guns N' Roses because <laughs> this is my thing." 
<laughs> I'm Buckethead! Like... Yeah. Uh, so he seems like a really weird individual, but uh, his guitar playing is so interesting. Like, if, if I take all my favorite tracks off all of his albums, and, and he's also the type of guy who doesn't just, like, put out albums normally. He's got some song, like Jordan is not a song from an album he just it's a song he plays live all the time and he changes it and he improvises it and the first time he recorded it was for guitar hero 2 um so he like if i take my favorite songs from all of his albums i could probably make one album that i just love out of everything yeah. he's got so i usually just listen to uh, little pieces of him here and there uh but yeah it's really interesting individual and fascinating guitar player that i had never heard yeah. about before that yeah, he, he's a dude that I discovered through one way or another, whether it was like, you know, through like like a music game or just like, you know, however you find out about stuff. But I remember kind of early on before there was like a ton known about him. Like now we have the Internet and like we know who he is. But like I remember like going online and trying to look for him and it's like, oh, yeah, like it's actually West Borland. It's like, no, no, it's not West Borland. It's, you know, like... like conspiracy theories about like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, there was a lot of... I mean, now, like, we know what his name is and we know what he really looks like. But, like, I also, like, I don't know if people understand how difficult... To, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I'm, like, on, like, the, like, from, from level, like, 1 to 100 of, like, guitar playing skill, I'm, like, somewhere between, like, 2 and 6, right? Like, I can play some songs... I, they sound pretty good to me. I can, you know, have some fun in my basement. But like when you talk about the best player who ever lived being at a hundred, like you know, I'm, I'm down in the nothings. For people who are at that high level, to be able to play stuff like that, also like, the like if you look at the mask he's wearing, you can't see anything out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not even looking at this guitar when he's playing it, right? Like, it's insane when you see what like there's just. It's like Billy Mitchell. Some people are just like on a whole other level, right? <laughs> he's on a whole other level, all right. <laughs> I give you that yeah, much. He's he's certainly a, a, a unique character in, in the music space. I totally forgot that he had something in Guitar Hero. Yeah, like to to play that song. I remember that was where I had to like start studying like star path charts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, if I can hit these notes and save up my star power, I can like limp my way through this. Uh, solo, but then I need enough star power on this part that I can play well to get the score modifier and try and get the five stars. And like I had to like have a plan of attack to like beat that song. It was so crazy hard. Yeah, I play those games on like medium. So <laughs> if that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah. He also, if you look at him, he looks like he's about thirteen feet tall. Yeah, super lanky uh, yeah, and like huge guy. And curly, like when you poofy see hair. How, and if you've ever like held a Les Paul, he plays a Les Paul. If you ever held a Les Paul, like it's like it's a meaty guitar. Like the neck's got like some chunk to it. His, it looks like a his, kid's toy. <laughs> his hand is like wrapping around <laughs> the fretboard. He's a huge dude. That probably makes it a little easier when your fingers have yeah, no problem sure. reaching uh, everywhere. Billy Corgan, same thing. Billy Corgan's like six six, and when you see like the way his paw like wraps around the fretboard, it's it's insane. Awesome. Yeah, if, if you've ever heard Jordan and like it, he doesn't have any other songs quite like jordan but he's got lots of other weird stuff if you if you're in for a, a fun ride just going through his discography and finding some some oddities very good all right Buckethead. bucket so are we sticking with some guitar hero or are we moving away bill which way where are we going so moving away from guitar hero uh i'm 
reasonably sure that this was not in a Guitar Hero game. I do not think that it was like Rock Band DLC, but they did have hundreds and hundreds of songs, so yeah. like who knows. And this was this was a toss-up for me uh, uh, between two. And I am going to mention the other one, an honorable mention, so I can't feel too bad about it. But uh, the reason I'm going with this one is because the uh, the album that uh, the song that I discovered through this game led me to an album that is to this day one of my like top ten favorite albums. It is a no skip album, and similar to what Kelsey was saying with uh, uh, one of the bands that uh, uh, that he that he found earlier that he did not like you know the other albums oh, yeah. apart from that the sword yeah i have not listened to their material outside of this album because i'm afraid that it's not gonna <laughs> be like another like perfect like you know like one to, to front to back uh, listen um and the only reason i was i was hesitant on choosing this one is because i didn't want to choose another uh, another band from another nhl game but it just happens to be where i found them this one was a little bit later uh, this one was in NHL 12, I believe, um, so uh, uh, just about 10 years ago. This is not a band anyone in on this show has ever heard of, and I would guess that a lot of people listening have, have ever heard of. Uh, the band is called Middle Class Rut. You guys ever hear of these guys? Nope. nope. So Middle Class Rut, and the, uh, the song is called Busy Being Born, and the album that it came from is called No Name, No Color. And it's just, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with another uh, uh, band from the 90s, and they're still around, I think, called Local H. Um, but these guys, it's its two dudes. And it's unbelievable what these two dudes can get, uh, like, sound-wise, out of just, like, two guys. And, like, they, they kind of modify their instruments, so there's, like, uh, like, the guitar player, like, splits his guitar into, like, a guitar and bass amp and just picks up, like, the, the low note so he can get, like, a bass note and, like, guitar at the same time mm. so they can not have, like, a, a three-piece. But, like, I've seen them live, and it's ridiculous how much sound they get out of these two dudes. And uh, uh, Middle Class Rut's the same thing. It's two guys, and it's crazy what they get. So it's guitar, drums, and they both sing, and they've got awesome harmony uh between the two of them they make uh, a big use of uh um uh effect pedals especially the whammy pedal which is uh, another one that's uh, well used by tom morello with like a lot of pitch shifting effects with like those crazy high like wee, like these you know like the the big uh, the big you know double octave sweeps um and the vocals on the main guy uh are awesome like he's got these like really intense raspy vocals but he can kind of like hit but he can hit those high notes because um, a lot of times with the screaming you're just you know there's some guys who will just rely on that power but they can't really like hit those notes or get like a really good sound out of it, it he can do both it sounds awesome and the riffs are awesome uh the the uh the harmony is awesome there's like a, there's and every song even though it's kind of like the same genre every sound's got like a different kind of like groove a different kind of feel to it um i think every song is a different tempo too there's some that are kind of like those like slow jams like like lumbering through the like and then there's like the fast like so it's crazy how like varied the album is but still kind of like holds uh, together as uh you know the as the like the groove of the two of them this was like my workout album for a long time. Like, just get to the gym, 
track number one go and i wouldn't like do reps or anything i would just like work out to the song <laughs> and then like once that song was over okay now i'm going to do this one and like you know like this one's like a little bit of a slower thing but like you know like this i would like work out like to uh, to the song and i would listen to the entire album and like all right workout's over <laughs> and I would go back <laughs> to work so uh yeah if uh if, um i guess you would put him in that kind of like uh you know it wouldn't it would be like probably an alternative rock, but like with uh, with an emphasis on you know being like a little on the heavier side. Um, but uh, uh, a really really good barometer is that first song um, on the album, uh, uh, "Busy Being Born." So if you were to jump on Spotify, Apple uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube, whatever, and just middle class rut, "Busy Being Born." You'd have a really really good idea on that one song if you think if uh, if you if you like that, I think there's a good chance you like the rest of the album. And uh, yeah, just just can't say enough about it. Super super cool. And uh, yeah, found it through another one I found through hockey. Learn a lot of music through hockey. I would have had no clue that that would be yeah. a good source for finding music. But uh, yeah, I thought it was just uh, Queen music was all they played at hockey games. I haven't been to a hockey game yeah, in a long time. Exactly. Like uh, close queens of the stone age <laughs> but no yeah it's, it, exactly it's like you expect the anthems you know like the we will rock you we are the champions and then uh you know like the same thing you would hear at like a baseball stadium you know like let's go team type you know like organ music or whatever because that's another you know organs are big at hockey games but yeah uh a lot so i found out in recent years that um uh i always knew that baseball players shows like if like if like a if like a reliever has like a like music they want to play like they choose the music that plays when they come into the game um so uh like you know like uh, mariano rivera played enter sandman um because he was the closer and he was gonna you know like shut the lights out i thought that was really cool so i found out just in recent years that the players get to choose what music plays at the home like arena so like you'll and then a new player like came to the rangers and then all of a sudden, like, there was, like, a lot of Metallica being played, like, in the arena. So people were like, oh, like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, like, it's Shane over there. He loves Metallica. So, like, that's what they do. So, uh, but, yeah, it's 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 interesting to, to kind of find out where some of that stuff comes from. Very cool. Okay, my last one. I'm going to – this is not from a game, but it is game-related in that it's advertising for – for games so okay. this one's a little different <clears throat> but this is actually how i heard about one of my favorite bands uh, strangely enough is back in the mid 2000s there was a game boy advance ad that nintendo did and in the ad the song they used was um a song called strict machine from goldfrap which is a band i love and but i had never heard them for but this was a huge track for them at the time. I mean, it, was, it sold a lot of albums. Um, but they're an English group. And so they used this in a bit of heavy rotation for some Game Boy Advance ads at the time, which is kind of strange for Nintendo to be. But yeah. this was... This was Do you a, remember what games they were advertising? No, it was just Game Boy Advance. There was no Oh, game. just the system in general? Yes, it was okay. just that. Just here's Game Boy Advance. I think it was uh, probably around the time that maybe like the SP was new, and does, they were trying to. Does the song that. have like the word "advance" in it, or no. like some kind no. of reference? No, it was just uh, the song. I mean, 
the song has kind of got an electronica kind of sound to it. So, and it was just a huge song at the time. And so, you know, they picked it up for a marketing campaign and they played a snippet of it. And it wasn't like it is now, right? I mean, it's like mid 2000s. Now you just like pull your phone out or whatever, like, okay, what's that song? But back then you had to do some sleuthing to find out, like, especially like this. It's like, oh, it's an English band. Uh, not something you heard around here a whole lot. But um, I tracked that down. That song actually came from their second album. And this is where they, it's probably their, I would say, one of the bigger albums, probably one of their biggest hits. Um, but it's another one of those bands where there's never a song on an album I do not like. And they, it's just two people. It's this Allison Goldfrapp and then, um, uh, I can't try to think of what the guy's name is, Gregory, something Gregory. Um, I think he is formerly from like Duran Duran and he does all kinds of, he like composes a lot of the music. She does the vocals and they kind of tend to bounce around. Like they'll do a, an album where it'll be like a lot of slow, more, you know, contemplative kind of music, and then they'll do an album that's kind of very, like, electronic or kind of poppy in places. Or there was, like, one album they did that had a very, a lot of very 80s-feeling tracks to them. Um, but like I said, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the vocals and the music, but everything is just fantastic. And Ever since then, as soon as they've got an album that comes out, I pick it up right away because it's one of those... You guys know those bands, right? That you just go, I don't care. I don't need to hear anything. I'm going to pick this album up, and I know I'm going to love playing it start to finish, and I'm going to be excited when something new comes out. And uh, speaking of which, I don't, they haven't announced their new album yet, but they've got to be getting close because it's been a number of years since their last one. And they tend to put albums out every you know three years or four, something like that. So we should be getting pretty close to a new one. But, uh, yeah, it's just strange. Like, you don't, like, advertisements, especially, like, a Nintendo Game Boy Advance advertisement. I'm going to have to find that. Yeah, that sounds bizarre. It's, like, the video's on YouTube, um, so you can find it. It's just a, it's probably, like, mid-2000s Game Boy Advance ad. And uh, it's just a guy playing on a Game Boy Advance with, like, lots of visuals going on around him. And, uh, you know, their tagline. So, uh yeah, it was just an interesting time. It's fantastic. If you, uh, again, listen to a couple of their tracks, you'll probably figure out whether this is your sort of thing. But uh, nothing hard about it. It's not, maybe not Kelsey's speed. But uh, I, yeah, I really, I can really listen to some The Sword sometimes. Slow things <laughs> down a little bit. But I don't know. I just, I love this band to death. And, uh, you know, anybody that'll take the opportunity, I would say, listen to uh to some of their tracks and see if you like them but uh that rounds me I was, out yeah i wasn't i wasn't familiar with them um i just gave it a quick look here and yeah so english electronic music duo and you have the name right it's will gregory, will gregory the other yeah. uh, member and uh it, it's funny you mentioned you know that you that you found it from a commercial because uh it just made me think of the story with um i don't know if you guys watch curb your enthusiasm oh yeah um but the the main theme song from curb your enthusiasm that kind of mm-hmm. just like very like happy jovial like so someone asked larry david um you know like what's the story behind that 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 song because like it, it just says like in the credits it's like oh like the theme song is this and it's like you know no reason behind it and Larry has told the story. I was watching a commercial. I was watching TV one time, and this commercial comes on, 
and it's just some random commercial for like a local like regional bank and it was just on during that commercial and that commercial would come on and he's like you know i love that song it's so happy it's so it just puts you in a good mood he said if i ever have a tv show that's going to be the theme and years later he gets a tv <laughs> show and he's like what was that song in the bank commercial and, and now everyone knows it is the curb theme so yeah it's kind of weird like just random um stuff and i would imagine it I, some of just probably been in games. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. It wouldn't surprise me any, but I didn't specifically go and try to take a look at that. But uh, yeah, I mean, still gaming brought it to me. Just kind of strange that you pick up on things like that. Yeah. So no doubt, I, obviously, we're going to have some special, you know, some honorable mentions that we don't spend as much time with. And uh, we can't rattle off every single song that's on the Guitar Hero or Rock Band soundtrack. We already did but that. We can, but we can try. <laughs> I mean, I've got a couple that come from there. Uh, but I'm gonna, we'll, go, we'll swing back around. So, Kelsey, uh, I'm sure you probably have a few other oddball things that are out there. I just have one. I have one okay. that I want to play. It's kind of different than the rest because it's not like a touring band that puts out albums uh but the the recent guardians of the galaxy game uh they created this star lord band for the game and they did a whole album worth of music by the star lord band and man did they nail that like 1980s like hair metal kind of feel to it and so i've got the whole album i've gone through it several times i listened to it on the way to work it is awesome there's like two tracks i skip and the rest of it is so good and it really feels like the era they were emulating uh it doesn't feel like a new band trying to be that it feels like like this lost album from back then uh so star lord from the new guardians of the galaxy game is definitely a band worth checking out if you like 80s hair metal like you know like Dawkins and rat and stuff like that what about the uh, David Hasselhoff track that uh, they did for Guardians of the Galaxy? Is that a say <laughs> if you're Alex? Oh, the the movie you're talking about. I that, that song is really fun. I was actually I talking to Chris before the show. I just watched Kung Fury with my son, and the David Hasselhoff song from that movie, awesome, so good. It is. It's great. Very good, Bill. I know you're itching. You must have a list. So I, I got a, I got a bunch. I'll try to keep it uh, short. We don't have to spend too much time. But it's very funny that uh, uh, Kelsey's honorable was like a fictitious uh, uh, band because one of my first honorable mention is the Old Gods of Asgard, oh, which yeah. is a made-up band from the Remedy game Control. That's like kind of like this like Swedish or Norwegian me that like, song. It's like cool. inspired metal band. Yeah, yeah, it's really really cool. Uh, kind of like set piece uh, uh, song in the in the game. And apparently there's music they've released outside of the game in this fictitious band that you'll never hear from again. But uh, that that was a cool one that uh, got discovered through gaming. Um, I've got a few others just marked on here from Tony Hawk. Uh, I've uh, Goldfinger who I knew about, so I didn't want to mention him. But like I discovered more Goldfinger music through Tony Hawk. Primus with Jerry was a race car driver. Um, I had never heard of the band CKY before Tony Hawk 3. Uh, the song 96 Quite Bitter Beings is awesome. And CKY uh, says that like this, like Tony Hawk 3 is the reason why some people know who they are because they know <laughs> that song 96 Quite Bitter so, Beings. It's an awesome riff. So what game did you say you, you heard Jerry was a race car driver from? Uh, he was in Tony Hawk 1. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's, that's a 
fairly old primus and they've yeah and they've been out there for forever but like he like so hearing like primus there it was like ooh, like i should look into these guys more and then you find winona and you find you know uh john the fisherman and sailing the seas of cheese yep it kind of put me down the path like even though like i knew they were there so i just wanted to you know give them a, a quick mention um again knew about goldfinger already but in gran turismo 99 Red Balloons, uh, the Goldfinger uh, version was one of my favorite songs in that album. Gran Turismo 2, one of my favorite songs. And this is this is the coolest story of all of them. So the Cardigans, the band that sings uh, Love Fool, who everyone uh, probably knows that song, uh, they have a song called My Favorite Game. And it's on the Cardigans album, which is called Gran Turismo. <laughs> because they love Gran Turismo so much, they wrote a song called My Favorite Game and put it on an album called Gran Turismo, and the song is on the soundtrack for Gran Turismo 2. Uh, and they don't ever mention, you know, the song lyrics aren't about playing video games or anything. They're, it's, it doesn't even sound like it's about a game, but I just think that's a really cool like little tie-in. Um, shout out to Kelsey and uh, Motley Crue, because Kickstart My Heart was right there in Gran Turismo 3. And uh, I had heard of Motley Crue, but to be honest, I had never really you listened to any Kickstarter Motley Crue. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, and I like, so again, like I knew of them, I knew who the members were, but like at the time I played Gran Turismo 3, if you said to me, you know, like a gun to your head, name three Motley Crue songs, I would have been like, okay, just shoot me. <laughs> I, 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 I can't. You obviously never played Crew Ball. <laughs> no, that is not a thing. <laughs> Those aren't words that have ever come across my my ear holes before now but yeah kickstart was great and then also in gran turismo 3 um uh filter and stone temple pilots were on that album who like those guys were on my radar but that kind of like you know pushed it further and the one honorable mention that i was considering doing as the number one is a band that definitely no one's ever heard of called the gone jackals when tim schaefer and his uh team made full throttle they wanted to have soundgarden uh do like the title uh, uh, song whether it was going to be rusty cage or you know like something from bad motorfinger so the the story goes that they were like lined up to have soundgarden do that and then from the time that that uh, agreement was made until the time like that the game was actually going to come out soundgarden got way too famous and popular so they were like we're not doing this anymore like you got to pick something else so the song they picked is this song called Legacy by the Gone Jackals. And I've, like, of all the video games I've ever played, I've probably played the beginning, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of Full Throttle more than any other, like, beginning of any other game I've ever played. I love that entire intro sequence uh, where it's, like, uh, you know, Old Man Coralie and, uh, uh, like, the villain who's uh, voiced by Mark Hamill kind of, like, figuring out, like, how the company's going to go. And then, like, the, the polecats, like, the motorcycle gang kind of comes up on the, the limo. And just this, like, super, like, sick, like, just uh, guitar riff. Like, I remember hearing that as a kid, and I was like, whoa, what is that? And, like, just this whole, like, you know, like rock thing comes in, and then it's the whole intro credits, and then the title screen, full throttle, and then the game starts. That sequence was so awesome. I played that sequence, like, over and over again just to hear that song. I went to the record store. I'm like, I need this album by the Gone Jackals. And they're like, who? <laughs> so they actually like looked them up like in catalogs and like, you know, what album? Like, I brought in the game because the game said like what like uh, label they were on. They were like, yeah, we've never heard of this label. <laughs> could could not find it. Oh, wow. So like 
it took a lot of searching to actually like find this uh, CD because it was just some you know like random man they got to do it. But uh, I still remember you know uh, trying to find that band. I still remember you know the way that that intro makes me feel. So had to be mentioned. And uh, just a couple others from Burnout that I really like are um, Kill Switch Engage. I don't know a whole lot of their material, but the song "My Curse," which was on uh, uh, which was on the Burnout Paradise, is awesome. Airborne, who is very much like an ACDC-inspired, uh, uh, you know, kind of type of rock band. Yeah, they, I Australian. learned about them from the PS3 Twisted Metal game. Uh, oh, I didn't know they were on that. Yeah, they had a a, a list of all the songs that uh, David Jaffe wanted, uh, and he wanted some ACDC, and they were like going to license the music and he's like okay you can get this acdc song but then you can't get these other 20 songs or you can have this airborne song and then you have all the other 20 songs you want he's like yep. i guess we'll take airborne yeah and, and and airborne's good so the one that was on there was too much too young too fast yeah. but there, there's a lot of great airborne songs um there's uh, uh from burnout four there's a band called animal alpha which i've only ever heard this one song but i absolutely love it it's called bundy um, and uh, a couple of uh, uh, emo bands um, from the Burnout Three Days is what got me into like a very very short lived emo phase. Um, Tell me there's, was, pictures. there's pictures. I I never I didn't it didn't get that far. I just listened to it. Were there a were bit. there Jinko jeans? I, I didn't I didn't like push all my hair you know like to one side of my head or uh, wear eyeliner for very long. Um, and it was so these bands were Sugar Cults, uh, uh, Newfound Glory. And um, uh, who, oddly enough, I would end up seeing both of those bands uh, a few years later when I saw Green Day on the American Idiot Tour for the first time. And a band that some people I think have heard of called Finger Eleven. Uh, they got a song that I love called um, Paralyzer. Um, so I ended up getting that album after hearing it on Burnout 3. And I forget the name of the album, but the, the one with Paralyzer on it's a, a really, really good listen. And yeah, that that's uh, those are my very short list of honorables i i find much music from from games awesome. sounds like it so i'm just gonna mention a couple bands that i've tracked mostly from these rock band you know and some of those and i'll be to be honest on these uh i've just heard the tracks that are on the games i've never bothered to look any farther but i either really liked what i heard and i probably should spend more time or it was just catchy so um one of the groups is Lacuna Coil. I had never heard of them before. You know them? Yeah. yeah. Singer. Yeah. I had never heard of them before Rock Band. And there are several Lacuna Coil tracks that are on the Rock Band games. And I like what I hear from there. So I, really, I probably should spend more some time and look up some of their albums and see what the rest of their catalog yeah, looks like. I like but them. They're pretty solid. Yeah. So, you know, I probably should give them a look at some point in time. Um, the next one is, um, there's a song from a band called Silverspun Pickups. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, on one of the rock band games, and it's a great little song. I, I may like some of the rest. I have no idea. I've just only heard that one song, but I enjoy playing it. I like the sound of it, and it's a good little track. And then last but not least is another really weird one. I, I've never... There's uh, this song by a band named the conks called 29 fingers that was on like the first rock band and it's just this i don't know it's just this little jam it's real short but is a ton of fun to play on rock band like just so much fun to play this song and the, i guess the deal is like the song is called 29 fingers 
because like somebody's lost a finger right in the band so they're playing like <laughs> this the hook is like they're we got 29 fingers and only six are thumbs so whatever uh but it's a fun little song it's got a great little hook to it i would really encourage especially like kelsey and bill i think if you haven't listened you should listen to it give it a shot it's a really I, short little song yeah i i think i think i know which one you're talking about and it's kind of like punky and like uh yeah uh, kind of like yeah, but it's got I, like I, a to listen to it to nice little sure, heavy but... guitar kind of thing. Yeah, going. like like suit like like super fuzzy, like almost like Black Sabbath. Yeah, and not fuzzy. like we're not talking about the most technical guitar playing either. But it's just yeah. a fun little song, and it's a fun song to play on on sometimes, that game. And and sometimes those are the be- like like the th- the songs I would think would be like the ones I would play the most often. It's like. Uh, it's just a chore, and then like the ones I would actually play most. It's like like Stone Temple Pilots plush. It's just fun to play on the drums. Like just just so yeah. It's the fun factor is the biggest determining factor in like what I play in those games. Yeah, there's like a lot of tracks I go back to over and over and over just because I love the rhythms and the the challenge, but not insanity level of challenge where I can enjoy what I'm doing, but not like, I hate this part and not have hand cramps. Yeah. And you yeah. Can just, and those are the kind of ones where they're just difficult enough where you can pop it on. You haven't played in a while and you'll struggle a little bit. Then you'll just fall back in that rhythm and away you go. Yeah. And everybody wants to rule the world has always been one of my favorites in, in those games because you can hammer on and pull off every single note. So you just hit the first one, and it's like, and like I just found joy in just hitting the first note and just hammering on the rest, yeah. and it's just a fun, fun hook to play. And yeah, it's man, it's uh, it's it's crazy how how fun some of those can be. I don't know how like I can't talk you guys into doing some online rock band sometimes, but I it, you wouldn't have to convince me too hard. <laughs> Kelsey, what's wrong with you? Uh, my internet speeds are wrong with me. I don't think you understand how much bandwidth it would take. Not much. Anyway, we'll talk about that offline. More or less than a Skype call. Uh, less. <laughs> yeah, you're sending a few notes over the internet uh, that you're pushing on a button. Uh, I think it. I think it can handle it. All right, people, write in and tell Kelsey he needs to play some rock band with us. Um, on it. I would love to have a rock band night. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd even do okay. vocals if I had to. <laughs> do you have a band name uh you know the rock band well you always have to come up with a band name right in rock band so I, i'll let you guys tell me yours but mine is always the laser custodians but laser has a z <laughs> i like that laser custodians good. yep i like that did you have a a, a band name uh kelsey no i, I was a guitar, guitar hero guy, guy so i yeah. never in my Ooh. life had to make a band name yeah, so I have two. I have one that's serious that I thought, you know, if I actually had a band, this is what it would be called. And uh, that was Miles from Home. Because I thought it would be really cool to, like, you know, if you're, like, going out on tour and you get up on stage and you're like, hey, we're Miles from Home. <laughs> like, because we are. I got you. If you switch to kilometers, the... I'm on board. <laughs> well, unless we're playing the Proclaimers songs, then, like, we have to use the local currency conversion. Um, so the other one was just a silly one that just kind of came about, you know, it was, it was me, my wife, uh, and our friends, Kaylee and Courtney, who I've mentioned a lot on the show, we were having a rock band night and, uh, they came over and we kind of all had our, inst- everyone, the, the, the guitars, the, you know, the instruments were everywhere. And you kind of look at everyone in the room and say, like, all right, like what's everyone doing? And like, no one was sure. Oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And, uh, I, I just pointed at people 
I pointed at me and Kaylee, and I was like, guitar, guitar. And I pointed at my wife and Courtney, I was like, sing, sing. So our band name is Guitar, Guitar, Sing, Sing. Oh, there you go. And this is a, still a reference that comes up all the time. Like, uh, we'll be, like, out at a brewery having beers or something, and Courtney's like, Guitar, Guitar, Sing, Sing. So <laughs> for years, I've meant to make a T-shirt, like a band shirt, and, like, give it to him, like, as a gift. But uh, haven't gotten around to it. So maybe this year I'll get around to that. There you go. Well, if you guys want to start up the uh, the Laser Custodians online band, <laughs> let's uh, let's do it. Um, and I've got one from our patrons, so um, we put it out there to nice. the patrons, you know, see what if they had anything. And our one of our patrons, Engineer Mike, wrote a little bit for us. I'm going to read what he's put down for us. He says, I discovered bands through Tony Hawk, GTA, and Gran Turismo. So yeah, sensing some themes here. Um, yeah, me and the, a man after my heart. Yeah. In reverse, I discovered the game Wipeout by watching the video Atom Bomb by electronic pop group Fluke. So I'm not familiar at all. I've never played a Wipeout game, and I don't know uh, that band Dude, like, either. Really, I like I don't know Fluke, but Wipeout the music is awesome, and it's very like electronic and like it's supposed to be like futuristic kind of sounding. Okay, so yeah. I can kind of imagine. I've probably heard the song that he's thinking of. I just don't didn't know the name of the band. Yeah, well, I would totally. It sounds like something I would dig. I should check out. Um, he also says, uh, I think the first time I heard Motorhead was in Tony Hawk, so this sounds yeah. familiar, right? Couldn't say about the other two, but Gran Turismo had Fluke in it as well, so I might have discovered them there. So um, I played, like, the first Gran Turismo on PS1, and I don't think I played any of the other ones ever. So... Um, other than there was like a demo on PS3 when it first PS3 first came out that I played for a little bit, uh, right. but there you go. Yeah, I was. I think I said this on the last show. I played uh, a lot of Gran Turismo one, two, three, four, and then even five. I was working at Circuit City when five came out, kind of like unex- or sorry four, and then five was the one that like it was like prologue. It was like the pay for like pre version, and that was when I was like, ah, I don't know about that. So I played. The first four, and I'm I'm glad that uh, uh, that he wrote in and, and mentioned you know discovering music through those those games because it was very much the same experience for me like Tony Hawk and Gran Turismo. So the only kind of like uh, uh, overlap there where we didn't overlap was you know the hockey, but that's uh, he also mentioned um, uh, GTA, which you had mentioned the radio station style before. Mm-hmm. I didn't play a ton of GTA. Uh, really any GTAs. I didn't get into, like, 3 kind of exploded, and, I didn't, like, I kind of played it when people were like, oh, you should try this game, and I played it for, like, a couple hours, kind of, like, after it was popular, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, like, it's not, I'm not, not really clicking. I bought 4, like, launch day, figuring, okay, I'm going to get it on the ground floor. I've tried this game several times. I don't like it at all. I've played more 5 than 4, but still, like, it, I, I was not drawn into it enough to keep playing it, but uh, the music... Um, the 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 you know the radio station style music. I know there was stuff that like I like I could listen to while I was playing them, but nothing that was like so good as it was like you know like in Tony Hawk and GTA and NHL where like I remember those bands and I went to look them up. It was more just like kind of grooving, like oh I, I could deal with this while I'm playing type stuff. Yeah, I, I never played GTA much, but I had a friend that was really into GTA Three, and then. Uh, Vice City, and so that was a nice thing, is I could sit back and we could chill, and he could play, and I could l- listen to the soundtrack, and still we could chat and have a good time, and uh, 
that was at least a nice part for me because I didn't really care a whole lot about the game. But it was a nice kind of background thing to have on while you chat and goof off or whatever. So uh, for sure. I totally get, yeah, that's kind of what those games are known for is having some really good soundtracks sometimes. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So very good. Um, well, I, I hope that some of our listeners may at least consider uh, you know, some of our suggestions, maybe give them a shot. Let us know if you like any of them or if they suck and you don't like them, send us a tweet. Uh, let us know, you know, your thoughts about that. Um, hit us up on Twitter and say, Hey, you know, these are the ones that, that really hit me and that you guys didn't mention any of these things. We'd love to kind of hear what your thoughts yeah, are out like, there too. I know none of us really play them, but I had old roommates who played a lot of wrestling games and I remember them really mm. into the soundtracks and wrestling games. All the little intros and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, very good. But um, first off, while we wrap this thing up, uh, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons very much. Um, it, uh, it means a lot to us that people take the time to support us like they do and continually tune in and listen to the show on a regular basis. Um, really appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to chat and, and being involved and sticking with us for all these years, we're coming up really shortly, a couple more months, and we're going to hit the 10-year mark. So uh, it's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, we won't quite meet episode 100 by then, but uh, we're getting close, a though. couple milestones are coming up pretty soon. So thank everybody, thanks everybody very much for taking the time and listening, sticking with us. We appreciate it. Um, and to wrap up... Uh, a few things about where you can find us. So Kelsey, where can people find you? And do you have any new projects that are you're working on that you want to tell people about? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kelsey Polnick, K-E-L-S-Y-P-O-L-N-I-K. Um, nothing official yet. I've got a couple, you know, irons in the fire kind of thing. So hopefully next week I'll have some, some official stuff I can uh, mention. But yeah, I'm working on some writing projects, hopefully. Awesome. Bill, how about you? Cool. Uh, Twitter is the best. Uh, so it's Bill with one L, M C G E E, at Bill McGee on Twitter. And as far as upcoming things, I've I've always got ideas on things that I'd like to do, and then I always have to you know back off and make sure that I don't you know bite off more than I can handle with you know life and kids and family and work and all the things that you know we have to get done. But I've been practicing guitar a whole lot lately, so I've been thinking about. You know what I can do is the next steps on that. Whether it's just as simple as something like uh, maybe jumping on like an Instagram uh, live or something like that, just to kind of play some tunes. And if people want to jump on and kind of you know kind of see what the progress is like, just to kind of keep me honest. Um, I've also thought about doing um, a uh, not not any anything as you know involved as like the types of covers that uh, our friend Steven Dispose Hero does, but just to kind of see if I can, you know, get more creative as opposed to just doing, you know, some, you know, playing a song like that I'd like to learn, like, you know, actually writing something, uh, which uh, our other good friend, uh, Sean, uh, has been doing. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but uh, uh, Sean, uh, Gregos81 from the Playcast, has been posting some uh, original uh, content, like some guitar playing, some singing. Um, so that was uh, really cool to see because I, I had not seen him, uh, you know, play and sing and perform live. And that's been a little bit of the source of the inspiration for me to be like, you know, I, I should be, you know, doing something creative and, you know, kind of using that as an outlet. So 
I'm toying with that idea. I don't want to commit to it before I, you know, kind of know what I'm getting myself into. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really really having a lot of fun picking up the guitar like every single day and just you know kind of you know e even if I'm not you know sitting down to practice for a half hour just to you know enjoy doing something that's you know creative and you know there's 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 something so therapeutic about just kind of unplugging from some of the other things and just doing something like that so I'd like to kind of keep that going if I could so that's what's uh, what I have kind of coming up hopefully in the future Awesome. And speaking of the Disposed Hero, you can follow him over on Twitter, always putting out some great music tracks. He did our, our theme song, so if you like the what you hear there, do do yourself a favor. Uh, that is at, I'm pretty sure it's at the Disposed Hero. So um, just hit him up. He's always putting out some great, sometimes some great game covers, sometimes just some original stuff that he's doing. A lot of talent there. We really uh, appreciate him for doing the, the theme song, which, you know, we love. It's amazing. Um, you can find me by uh, hitting up the show's uh, account on Twitter. So it's at CollectorCast. You're more than welcome to reach out. I'm going to be the one answering over there, and you'll see my goofy stuff that I sometimes put on there or retweet uh, as I can. And um, you can find the show at all the major outlets everywhere except SoundCloud. I keep saying that. I've not figured out SoundCloud. I'm not taking the time, but... As long as I know we're on Spotify and all the other ones, uh, you know, I'm sure you can find us in any old space that you like. All the major uh, podcast outlets, you can look us up and you can find us there. Um, outside of that, if you're looking for someone to have some Elden Ring fun with, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'll be playing eventually both the Xbox and the PlayStation 5 version, so be happy to uh, uh, do some fun cooperation on there if you're looking for some fun that's Part of the what I enjoy the most is is doing it. You know, I, that's the thing with Dark Souls Three. Like, I don't know. I've probably beat most of these bosses. Sometimes, I don't know. I'd be afraid to find out. Yeah. But you just keep helping people. You have fun with it. It's a lot of good fun. So, thanks everybody very much for listening, and we will catch you next time.